Fanatics with Chad Lee and Chris Zane. And we are back. It is episode 45 of Fringe Fanatics. I am Chris Zane. And I am Chad Lee. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you guys. It is Tuesday, August 2nd of the 2023 year. We are back again. You know what episode it is? Episode 45. Yeah, you could go Michael Jordan if you want. I thought about that, but it's a little too uh, common because it's when he came back from retirement. You know what I was going to do? Pedro Martinez. Ooh, Pedro. Yeah, Pedro, the legendary oh, Pedro. pitcher from In the In your dreams, Pedro. He had a mouth on him. He did, yeah. yeah. Good old Pedro Martinez. One of my World Series, I believe, in 04, right? Yeah, he yeah. was there. That's true. He undid it. Broke the curse, I believe. Well, we are back, Chris. We are back, Chad. We have some new bourbon. We have new bourbon. It's called Larceny. Yep, but first, I want to hear... How the hell was your weekend, man? My weekend was pretty good. It was uh, continually busy, as most of my weekends seem to be every week we talk about it. Yep. Um, but I did get some time in this weekend. Uh, we are going to do a rec center later, but I'm going to talk about this because it's part of my weekend. Um, I watched Underrated on Apple TV, the Steph Curry uh, oh, documentary. Nice. Cool. Um, super good uh, documentary, super informative. F- focuses mostly on like him going high school into college and a lot on the college stuff and it bounces back and forth between like you know the his NBA career and the okay. college stuff and it kind of ties in really cool um super interesting nice uh, other than that we got Merrill's mom's camper out of the backyard which was uh I thought going to be way more of an ordeal than it was cuz I brought it in with a bobcat cuz we couldn't get her truck in oh whoa but after she moved in, we did some modifications to the fence to open it up a little wider. Okay. So it only took me three tries back in and out <laughs> to get her out of there. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was cool. exciting. I saw a video yesterday, or maybe it was today, that Meryl posted of your garden, man. Yeah, Holy cow. It's uh, going crazy. That crazy experiment really worked out. Yeah, the hoogle culture. Yeah. You got to get the hoogle culture, you know? You guys Scandinavia, got some dude. veggies growing like some pilgrims, man. Yeah, dude, it's, it's actually pretty wild, like... I mean, my mom's always had gardens and stuff, but um, this is the first time like I've been like actively watching it happen, and I feel like there's literally like we'll go out there and there'll be a zucchini that's like you know like this big, and then we go out the next day and it's literally like doubled in size. It's it's so much fun. It's like holy shit, dude! Like (laughs) it's so crazy. I I uh, listened to that. You've probably seen uh, Jim Gaffigan. He was on uh, a couple different podcasts that we listened to recently, and on both of them, he's been talking about how he's gotten really into gardening, and he's opened up about how it's like a real kind of meditative thing and it's nice to get there kind of get your hands dirty and do it every day and you know it's something that i've done for a few years now and this year i've really toned it back a lot but man it it is so nuts like for the first time uh, i think last year when i planted something from seed and then it turns into this huge fucking bush of veggies and stuff it's a cool sucking thing in the yeah, world, man. Just eating for technically free. You just That's... forget about all the money you spent getting it going. But yeah. it's technically free. Pretty much. But I mean, <laughs> the more fascinating thing than anything to me is it's like I feel like Jesse Pinkman from fucking Breaking Bad. I'm like, science, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, science, look at this. See, we're growing things. It's a plant. Man. We cheated this year. We bought like the organic plants at Home Depot that were already growing. It's faster. With all that fucking rain, it was like July 4th when we planted our garden. Yeah. So it's only been like a month. It's been a rough year for yeah. it. Yeah, you might have well. to bring me a zook, man. Dude, I'll bring you some zooks and some jalapenos. My serranos are starting to come in now. Mm. Waiting for them reapers. 
That's yeah. I want. I want to try the Serranos. The Serranos will fuck you up. Yeah. Every time it. I get them from the Mexican guys at work, I'm like, dude, where do you buy these at? Because yeah. it's like hell. Lights your whole face on fire. Like your ears are burning. <laughs> You're just buzzing. Yeah. The shit they fucking eat. It's like crazy, the Simpsons dude. episode when Homer eats that crazy pepper at the uh, chili fair. The chili cook-off? You don't remember that? I never watched The Simpsons. You never watched The Simpsons? No, man. It wasn't really. It was more of a family guy, dude. Dude. I know. Sometimes you say things to me, and I'm just like, I don't know if I know you anymore. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I surprise you sometimes, man. No, you go. If you should go watch that episode of The Simpsons, (laughs) because he goes, like, he eats this pepper, and, like, it's, like like a tripping episode like oh, he nice. starts tripping and like goes on this crazy like adventure after eat, yeah journey. psychedelic <laughs> journey after eating this pepper but Fuck yeah it's another it's like basketball you just blow my mind sometimes sometimes but in, I'm in a cave yeah what how was your weekend how how it are was, things for you it was eventful uh we went to the rockies game friday night yeah and i saw that that was it was a good time it was her like work annual work event thing so you know free booze and free food can't beat that um, I definitely hoard out the uh, podcast a lot. You got to do that. Yeah, you know? Guerrilla marketing. I know. That's what it was. Man. <laughs> Hopefully it works. But Next I can't believe it, man. They were playing the <laughs> Oakland Athletics, the worst team in the league. Like we were just talking about, possibly one of the worst teams in MLB history. And the Rockies lost to them. Yeah. Pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, we weren't really there for the game. I was hoping to catch a little bit. I put some money on the Rockies, and that bit me in the ass. But other than that, I had a good time watching the UFC on Saturday night. We'll get into that. Oh yeah, later. I forgot. I also watched most of that UFC. It was it was fun, man. Yeah. And then I also watched the Crawford fight at the same time. So I was like multitasking. Yeah, yep. double downing, double down, double Downey Jr. Yeah, double Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good, man. Nice. Oh yeah, I'm excited to try this whiskey. Let's uh hit the lead off. Let's do it, man. Let's hit that dang old lead off <clears throat> shot. I feel like we need to get us with all this cool sound bites we're adding. I feel like we almost need like a sound bite for everything, but that might just be too crazy. I don't know. You never know. We can try it out, man. Yeah, the lead off. We can just have like a like a bat, like a just home run sound. Net, yeah, that's what know. leads us off into the shot. Well, this goes out to all you that are listening, and if you are listening and have made it this far, please like and subscribe to us on whatever you're watching or listening us on, and please go like, share, subscribe, and follow us on all things social media. This one goes out to you guys, Chad Lee, episode 45. In the books. Let's get her done. All right. Get her done, Larry. (laughs) All right. Cheers. Cheers. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. The first one always, you just feel it like go Mm. through your whole body. I've always been a more fan of bourbon than. When you take shots, do you get get tingles in your arms? My arms? No, I might be having a stroke. I have like circulation (laughs) problems. Shit. Do I need to call a doctor? No, no, I'm fine. I just. (laughs) Scare me over there, man. Shit. If you pass out, I'll do it by myself. No, I just sometimes you take shots, like I literally feel the alcohol like go through my body. It's It's like Frank the Tank. Feels so good. Feels so good on my lips. lips. We're going to the quad. Courses through the (laughs) veins. All right, well, uh, (laughs) let's let's get get into headlines. Headlines. Get your headlines here. That's right. It is time for headlines. Uh, We're going to kick this one off. Uh, Chad wants to start with the NFL this time. We are. We're going to get into the NFL right after you hear this. Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. 
that's right. He was giving him the business, and we are about to give you the business of the NFL. We sure are. Do you want to start? You, yeah, sure. Let's do let me, it. Uh, I'll let you start. I'm not even on the right page. Oh my god! Do you want me to start? Because I got a quick one. We'll start. I'll start real quick. Uh, Kamara, Alvin Kamara, oh, yes. running back for the New Orleans Saints, Nolan, if you will, uh, is meeting with Roger Goodell or did meet with Roger Goodell this morning um, in regards to his potential suspension stemming from a fight outside of a Las Vegas nightclub last year. So um, he was arrested for that in charge. So now we're waiting to see if he's going to get suspended and for how long. What do you think? It's going to be six or four games? Probably four. That's what I'm thinking. I could see him, yeah. uh, you know, since appealing, he didn't bet on anything, appealing for now. Two. If he had Whoa. bet on if he won the if he fight, bet on one. If he bet, then they just they shoot you. Yeah. you just get killed. <laughs> yeah, execution just, style. Execution you right can't away. do that. You're done. Yeah, they're like, we don't care if you fight, but if you bet on that fight, yeah, you're if fucked. you bet on the fight of the fight or your fight, you're screwed. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's some inception right there. It is. It's spin the top. You know yep. what I mean? So, you fantasy owners, careful drafting Alvin Kamara. Yeah, he could potentially be missing some significant time in the beginning yeah. of the season. And we shouldn't so. even really call that a fight. That was more like a uh, a jumping, uh, a, a mob or something. Yeah, because wasn't him... it like him and three friends that kind of like just beat the uh, shit out I of him? I think it was an ex chief, too. I can't remember the dude's fucking name, but he was a guy that we cut, and I think he went to the Raiders or something. That sounds and, about right. Yeah, I think it was after the. Uh, yeah, right? It's like as soon as you go to the Raiders, you get a gun. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's how it goes, how man. Get, that's how you get uh, knighted into the Raiderdom. Let's move to some bummer news for your Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Tim Patrick tears his Achilles, man. Yeah, it's not the only like major injury that's happened so far this year. I mean, there's been a lot in in you know training um, camp, training camp, yep. and it's just the thing that sucks for Tim Patrick. I think it was literally like a year and three days after he tore his ACL last year, so uh, almost a year to the day. It's a it's a bummer, season man. ending injury, and that's one of those things too that they always talk about when you do have like an ACL and stuff like that, and you're rehabbing to come back is that you don't really realize how much you're still overcompensating with mm-hmm. that other leg. Um, and he was tore it, his was it right this? ACL, and he tore his left Achilles. Oh, okay. So, Damn. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you just you don't realize it, but you're putting a lot more s- stress and tension on mm-hmm. that other leg to compensate. I know and, firsthand, uh, after I tore it. my ACL, it, the next year when I tried to come back too early, I sprained my MCL in my right knee. Yeah, and so it's just you know it, it's super common and it's a bummer, but man, I do feel bad for him because man, he like I told you, he's got good hands. You know, it just sucks. He is. I guess this is something that uh, he did go undrafted, and this is one of the reasons why he did have some injury issues. But I mean, this is shit you can't really. Yeah. I mean, sprained ankles is one thing, but when you've got shit just popping left and right, like that just sucks. Well, what was the deal with? Uh, KJ Hamler it was a heart issue, right? Oh, dude, I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically like a heart infection. Whoa. Um, and it's, I guess it's going to go away. Maybe um, it was a broken heart. Maybe. Maybe some some chick broke up. With maybe. Him. I guess uh, you, you can't really talk too much shit about him. He did come out and say, like, his grandma died last year, like, after he tore his ACL. And he's like, I was, I almost killed myself. Oh, And, like, fuck. came out and was like, pretty proactive about talking about like the struggles he was going through. So I give him credit for that. And I do feel bad for him because the dude, again, one of those guys, much like Tim Patrick, who's just tried everything. And like, as soon as he got there, his hamstring issues, then he literally in one play tore his, um, his ACL 
and dislocated his hip on the same leg, oh, and fuck. just like he fought back, and then now he gets. Now we got little man trying he's, to break he's out, clawing at the door. Uh, but yeah, he ahead, he fought to come back, and then now he's got this heart thing. So they kind of cut him because he's not going to be able to. Um, He's not going to be able to play, obviously, start training camp, and probably won't play into the season, maybe. He's basically like a month out from being cleared from this medically. But, um, yeah, it's a super bummer thing. It sucks that they have to cut him, but unfortunately they have to make some room because you're down two wide receivers, and that was their room that they had the most um, depth in to begin with. Yep. Also the highest-paid wide receiver room in the NFL. Nobody knows why, but they are. That was the highest... Wide receiver paid room in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, because Cortland and Tim Patrick both got paid. Uh, it was like two years. One was like two years, thirty million or something like that, and then Tim Patrick was like twelve or something like that. And then Judy's, you know, Judy's. I think they had to give him his fifth year option, which was like. A, a decent chunk up. of change, yeah, was a raise. couple million. So, yeah, like Whew. they've got a lot of money there, and then unfortunately, you lose Tim Patrick. But there are a lot of you know veteran wide receivers out there floating around. I mean, you got Julio Jones still floating mm-hmm. around. T. Y. Hilton's still out there. Um, Surprised that these guys still uh, don't have jobs. Yet. Who else? Uh, fuck. God damn it! The guy that was on um, the Browns, he signed there last year, I think, or the year before. Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Jarvis Landry's still out there. Well, um, speaking of so, other yeah. players that have left with injuries in training camp, Cooper Cup. It seems like he might have pulled or hurt his hamstring so far. I haven't heard the severity with, of it. Was he carted off or did he walk off? I believe he like limped off. I Don't quote me on that. I'm not quite yeah. sure. But then I did see that Calvin Ridley left practice due to a toe injury, and we know how nagging those I've been be. watching some of the videos of him at training camp, and again, it's training camp. That yeah. dude looks like he's ready to fucking yeah. just beast mode it on everybody. But yep. looks like he's got a vendetta against the league, so we'll see <laughs> <Yeah>. what happens. <laughs> he's got to get healthy, though. He's, damn toes. He's betting on himself this year. Yep. Well, let's cover <laughs> one only more. figuratively, not literally. Yeah, figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> let's cover one more quick story, and then I want to get to some juicy NFL news. Oh, okay. Sony Michelle retires at 28. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That dude has had a hell of a career, though. I, yeah. How many Super Bowls did he win with the Patriots? Well, he won one with the Patriots, uh, and then he won one with, with the Rams. Rams. So yep. two, two Super Bowls. He's a running back. <laughs> Twenty-eight, dude. That's that's early. Man. If you're, I not, think that's, if you, no, that's about right. It is. When did he come in the league? If he came in at like 23, 20, 23, 23, 23 five yeah. years, dude. That's it. That's it the, is the average. <clears throat> it's just crazy because you know he he could have been a starter. Possibly, yeah. and now they just and it's crazy too because uh, what was his name Williamson in um, Cincinnati? I think today just got carted off with an ankle injury, and he was supposed to basically be the second string guy next to um, Mixon. Mixon Williamson was that their new draft pick? I think so. I think I remember seeing highlights of this guy when yeah. they drafted him. They, and he was supposed to push for maybe even the starting job. It's basically like so. who can survive training camp. That's that's really what it is. 
Yeah, and uh, I guess if you want to roll into the juicy news, speaking of which, I mean, you know, things that went wrong last year, you look at Hackett putting the bubble tape on, you know, the Broncos and how bad that went in comparison. I mean, we've seen it work with the Los Angeles Rams and teams like Green Bay who both do those things where they don't really play any starters, but you know, Hackett last year failed miserably, mm-hmm. and uh, he got called out for it in the media. I think we've <laughs> all turned, heard. turned into quite the uh, firestorm. Storm. The Mills Lane clip for the Rodgers versus Peyton. Let's get it on! <laughs> Aaron Rodgers versus yeah. Sean Peyton. Let's yeah. get it on. Hey, all I know is week five is looking like it could get flexed. I don't I know where it's going to get flexed, wait. but it might get flexed. It needs to, man. It's a, it, it should be good. It's a it was already going to be really good. Yeah, it's already a 225 game, so it's not many other games going on at that time. Dude, I think it could be a Sunday. I don't know who's... Depends on what the Sunday night game is, but Yo. with all this shit rolling into it, I could easily see this being on the ledger for a, a bump up to the... Sunday night football status. You remember, you you know who it reminded me of when Rogers like keep my coach's name out your mouth. I know. I almost thought about getting the Will Smith thing. Out of yeah, having that drop, just slapping Sean Payton. <laughs> keep my coach's name out <laughs> your fucking mouth. <laughs> it's juicy, man. It's nuts. I mean, it's crazy because we've heard a lot. We did the news just came out today or yesterday about Hackett. Basically saying like he broke the coach's code. Most times for people out there that don't know, a lot of times coaches don't dog or badmouth any other coaches because there's a good chance you might be coaching under that guy next year or you might have to hire him. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a rotating carousel of coaches. And Sean Payton, he came out and said the next day he regretted it. To, he, to be fair, he never said him by name, I don't believe, in the statement. I don't. There was only one head coach in the Broncos. He said there was about 20 dirty hands, which if you divide that by two, that gives you 10 people. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you'd think, and we all know Hackett was involved in that 10 people, but yeah, yeah, it's... it blew up, and I don't know how I feel about Hackett's statement. I feel like it was... If I was Hackett, I think I would have just been like... It's what it's what's done is done. Let's just yeah, move on. I don't think we need to address it again. But he clearly came with a prepared statement talking mm-hmm. about glass houses and how you know they all have keys to rooms and the glass house and all this shit. And right. That's when he brought up the code thing. It's just I don't know, man. <laughs> he could have easily <laughs> said something about Bounty look, Gate. If true, he yep. could have. But it didn't make him necessarily look much better. Well, that and that's what everybody's been saying too. Is that like. You know, his coaching was that bad. And if you remember when Aaron Rodgers was interviewed by Peter Schrager on NFL Plus, Rodgers did not defend Hackett's coaching by any means. Talked about how he's a good guy. Talked yeah. about how he's a good man, <laughs> yeah. good family man. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about his coaching. So that says a lot right there. Well, oh, and there's but. also a little bit of rumblings. Um, I heard from one of the guys on the fan who heard from, I don't know what, birdies. But he heard from somebody that um, the Jets PR team asked Peter Schrager to ask that question. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Which could also roll into the whole uh, Jets and Hard Knocks, which is going to be great. This isn't isn't over because now this whole first week of Hard Knocks, which I believe is coming out. I think this weekend. Or is it this week? Yeah, it's this week. I'm pretty sure. I think it's on Sundays that it comes out. Yeah, Yeah, so... Uh, we're going to hear about it all again and maybe more in depth. It might be interesting to, to see what happens. I so, can't wait. Uh, and I'm also just interested to see how well this is going to go with the Jets and fucking the curmudgeon that is Aaron Rodgers. 
and with them not wanting to show the cuts and yeah. this might not be the best uh series of hard knocks so it may not be but man i do have a small hunch that and actually i'm glad i didn't forget this this kind of will play into this news that i saw about jalen hurts kind of into fantasy which we'll get into later but I have a small hunch that Aaron Rodgers, when he has a, a chip on his shoulder like he did in Green Bay those years he won the MVP where it was like, oh, he can't fucking do it, he's old, whatever it might be. You know, he would almost create a chip on his shoulder if he needed to. Well, he was supposed to have a chip on his shoulder last year, too. Yeah, um, and it didn't really didn't work really out work too out. well. Yeah, <laughs> But when he does, that dude plays out of his mind. And he is one of the most talented quarterbacks out there. And you look at the talent around him, what's he like to do more than anything? Dump off to running backs. That yeah. still gains you a lot of fantasy points. So, and guess who's going to be signing there? Possibly Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Probably. I hope so. he signs there rather than the Dolphins. But the other hunch I have, and I hope I don't ruin any of my competitors' advantages. Yeah, into this. But I will say this: I was on the fence about maybe drafting Jalen Hurts again because I did last year, and he pretty much took me to the Super Bowl or close to the playoffs. Did you see the lock screen that he has on right now? Yeah, he means business. He does. It's him walking off the field after losing to the Super and yeah. to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. If you have to pick up your phone and look at that every damn time, yeah, dozens of times throughout the day, you're probably going to be pretty motivated. Yeah, he's so, definitely something to think about. Then uh, they've probably got the easiest path in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. So in terms of like if they were in the AFC, it would be a hell of a lot no, harder. Yeah, but, no doubt. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you see, we I just shared it last night with old Dak throwing those interceptions again. Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. Like it's, it's uh, so funny. <laughs> he sucks. Fuck the Cowboys. Uh, okay, we can't be that biased, Chad. God damn it. Yes, uh, I have one more thing though on the NFL. Oh yeah, get into it. Um, is that all you had? That's all I got for you. Okay, so I have one more thing, and it harkens back to what we were talking about last week with Ioma Uwazurike as the plot thickens. Um, So as of right now, uh, the sports gambling probe by the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation names Uwazurike for not only betting on two Iowa State games he played in during the 2021 season, but making 32 wagers on Broncos players and games during his rookie season of 2022. Um, Uwazurike is also accused of tampering with records, according to the criminal complaint. Uh, The other crazy thing, though, is this goes even back farther because he joins six other Iowa players and former players involved in in a gambling sting. Um, QB Hunter Deckers, uh, kicker Aaron Blom, uh, offensive lineman Dodge Souser, wrestler Paniero Johnson, and basketball player Aaron Eulis. So... This has been ongoing. We talked about uh, Bad Sport the other week in terms of a rec center and something to go watch. Um, this is going to be probably one of those 30 for 30s. There's going to be yeah. a documentary there about this. There needs to be because these guys are in trouble. You've got seven guys. The uh, quarterback was 19 at the time, and his parents were um, on FanDuel making these bets for him. Um, so now you've got parents making bets for underage kids. Um yeah, it's this it's is good. it's this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Sean Payton came out today and said that because someone asked him about it, and they're like, "Well, what's your take on this?" And he's like, 
this is nothing that we don't know. We already know all that's going on and we're well aware of what's happening. So clearly the NFL knew about this. I think this all stems from the Iowa sting. I think they tracked his phone and ended up finding out that he was betting on NFL games. Too. Yeah. So yeah, it seems like they've yeah. been following him for a while. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty wild. So we're going to see where this goes uh, down the gambling rabbit hole. And this is also just going to bring up more debate as to, is it a good thing how much the NFL and sports leagues are in bed with the uh, gambling casino companies? So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Sounds pretty juicy. Super juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Drama. Drama. Well, okay. let's move into the NBA. Hit it, Chris. Take it roll. Take it roll. Outlet. 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 I'm burning. I'm burning. My legs are burning. My legs are burning. All right, that takes us into the NBA. What do you have, Chad? Because I've got one main thing. (laughs) I got the NBA warns Lillard not to bring up the heat again, the memo that went out, and you have the memo. I do have the whole memo. I was going to read the whole thing, and then this is why you get together before the show and talk about what you're going to talk about, because then we came to the decision that I should not read the entire thing we'll verbatim. trim the fat so, a little bit. We'll trim the fat a little bit. Basically, what happened is uh, the memo was sent out that came to light that, um, excuse me, Damian Lillard's agent, Aaron Goodwin, had called multiple teams, basically warning them that, hey, if you trade for Damian, he's not going to come play for you, and he will basically not fully perform any of the services that are uh, he's obligated to in his contract. Uh, the NBA said that they spoke to um, Goodwin, Lillard, and the several NBA teams uh, to whom Goodwin spoke. Goodwin is denying everything, but they're basically saying, like, from now on, you are no longer allowed, which I didn't realize that this had to be said. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those things, like, I didn't know I couldn't do that. It's like the yeah. old Chappelle bit. Well, it's not... It's- <laughs> Good that the NBA is finally starting to crack down on these superstars being like, I want to go there. And only there. That's not the way it works. Yeah, and we saw it happen last year with Kevin Durant, where it's just like, I'm going to go to the Suns. And I mean, thankfully, the Suns were able to accommodate, um, you know, Brooklyn in a way to give them a pretty damn good return. Mm -hmm. And they are saying that, you know, Miami is probably going to offer four number ones, Tyler Harrow, and like some other guys. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's going to be an insane haul, but. I don't know. This is just uh, not a good thing for the NBA to just let to keep let happening. And I yeah. think that's what this memo is basically saying. Like, you can't do this shit. Well, anymore. and the CBA is already kind of built now to keep the super teams from happening. So hopefully, this will kind of keep it from continuing. You know, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if he went to the Heat. You know, I, I've said before I like the Heat, but it's like you got to do it the right way. This, yeah. there's rules in place for a reason. Well, we know it's going to happen. He's going to go there. It's inevitable yeah, at this point. It's so. going to happen. Dame's going to get his way. Yep. Uh, in other news, um, we talked about last week the unfortunate event of Bronny passing out or basically having cardiac, cardiac arrest. arrest. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, he is recovering now, playing the piano, doing other things. You know, young man, recovered, was in the hospital for a few days, and he's doing all right now. Just wanted to give an update on that. Yeah, which is good. Um, I mean... God forbid he, you know, something terrible happened from that. It's yeah, crazy we, enough we situation as is. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely good to hear he's back on the mend, and mm-hmm. I'm sure he will be fine going forward. 
And he will uh, have a blossoming NBA career uh, playing alongside his father when the time finally comes. Yeah, probably so. (laughs) And the last bit of news from the NBA, something that I was very happy to report on and see the headline for, 15-year ESPN commentator Mark Jackson got laid off by the ESPN. Yeah, and, you know, we don't like to revel in people's demises and, you know, bad things happening to them. But I think it's safe to say after leaving Jokic off of his MVP ballot, not even in the top five, and then just the total homerism for the Heat when it came, or and and the Lakers too, when it came to um, calling the games. It was it was blatant. Yeah, him and Van Gundy both, and I think that's why I think people complained so much. That's why those guys both got fired. I I guarantee it. I mean, we we watched those finals, and I mean, we both saw it when you were even watching the game here. I mean, it was so blatant that they did not want the Nuggets to win, and that is the opposite of what an NBA commentator should be. Did you see when I read the article? This is what made me super psyched for this. Did you see who they're promoting? No. The legendary Doris Burt. Oh, that's cool. They uh, should. I'm such a fan I'd of also like name. to see J.J. Redick get bumped up, I, too. I've heard he's in talks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't get in. That, I, I think he... I, I, I just look, listened to the old man in three, which you turned me on to. Yep. Um, he's very knowledgeable, and I think it's... I think he's one of those players who, you know, wasn't like a superstar, so to speak, that I feel like is really good to have in terms of just getting their viewpoint on the game. I think they're really good at explaining the game. And there's so much complicated and complex nature to the game when it comes to different defenses and plays and structures and a lot of different uh, levels to it. He can break it down for layman's terms, basically. but uh, And then also Breen. Uh, uh, What's Steve Breen? Am I saying... Is that his name? The guy that's the, been on the there other forever? Guy, yeah, the one yeah. that did not get laid off. <coughs> the the actual good one that's always yeah, been Yeah, I think neutral. he's called like 100 yep, that was finals. That finals game was yeah. his 100. So, yeah, that I think is going to be the crew. Hopefully, Reddit gets bumped up to that. But I, I was stoked about Doris because I, I love it when she does it. because she, Doris is super knowledgeable. And she yeah. is unbiased because she gave lots of praise to Jokic last year. She came on... Um, well, she did the old man of the three. Too. She did, but she also came on ninety two five uh, altitudes radio station where the Nuggets, uh, that's their home broadcast. Uh, she came on there and just was hearing her talk. Like it wasn't, even though she was very glowing about the Nuggets, she was also very glowing about the Heat. But it was just, she's extremely knowledgeable. And anytime she's mm-hmm. anytime she's talking, I'm just like, damn, dude, she fucking knows her shit. She sure does, yeah. man. I, I'm always appreciative of her, and I think it's just going to do nothing but make the make ESPN better. Now, if they can just get rid of Perkins, they won't. No, definitely him and don't. Mad Dog. I don't really like Mad Dog either. Yeah, I listened to him on it's there. Just like shock bullshit. That's that's all it is, man. And really, that's what Stephen A. is. But Stephen A. just has the prominence of being like you know Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, I do. You know, he is good with boxing. He's good on a few takes, but yeah, I just. I don't know. I I really hope they get rid of Perkins and a few others like uh, Bart Scott. I can't stand his because they are they're guys that they make these outrageous claims just to try to get clickbait. And, and who's supposed to be replacing Shannon Sharp and Undisputed? I heard somebody. Uh, Richard Sherman, I think. Yeah. Yep. I and I hope Richard schools him because Richard's a smart dude. We'll see. He's, he he. Remember be when close. he went on nuts? 
Uh, like how? He got in trouble. I think it was after he went to San Fran. He like tried to break into his girlfriend's house or some oh, shit. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I forgot that about that. That's pretty wild. Hey, man, when you get hit in the head a lot, shit yeah, happens. Yeah, and yeah, everybody has crazy days. Yes. Yeah. I've broken my hand punching inanimate objects, so, you know, it happens to, you know, anybody. I've lost my temper a few times. Rich and famous down to us blue-collar boys. That is true. But let's uh, move on from the NBA. Yes, let us get into F1, because we have the sound now. Yes, indeed. It is time for F1. Um, we enjoy talking about F1. Chad almost watched a race this week. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it I didn't. so early, dude. It does. I told you when it was. 7 o'clock. Yeah, I know, but you know, I was The race starts man. slightly after 7. Uh, I got up. I did not um, watch the race, but I had it on in my phone or on my phone in my pocket and it was playing, oh, cool. and I was listening to it. So nice. I listened to the whole race. You can still get a good taste of it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I've listened to baseball games. I'll listen to some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but again, um, after being assessed a five-position penalty and starting in six, it didn't take long before Max Verstappen moved up the pack and um, basically got up behind his teammate Sergio Perez, who was leading up until lap 16. Uh, Max passed him and never looked back, eventually winning the race with a 22nd lead. He and Red Bull head into the summer break uh, with huge leads in both the constructor points and Max Verstappen just in the driver points. Uh, the team is on a 13 straight win streak. <laughs> For stopping, which all goes back to the last race of last year, mm-hmm. um, twelve straight this year. Uh, so they just won every fucking race, <laughs> dominating, completely dominating. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, and Verstappen is one win behind Sebastian Vettel's nine straight wins, which is most in F1 history. Um, so yeah, this is we're looking at uh, probably one of the best right now. I think so we're looking at. We a talked about this goat. last week. Yeah, he's definitely looking like he could be the goat. He is quickly climbing, climbing up the ranks, much like our um, Homer Town favorite Jokic, where just like every week is some new records being yeah. set, records being broken. Yeah, uh, he did get the fastest lap this week, but unfortunately, Sir Richard Lewis Hamilton. Um, Beat him out on the final lap. Has he been knighted? He has been. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, he's he English? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. He's I started knighted. to watch Drive to Survive. Did you find Yeah, I did. Super good, dude. Because I know, like, you rec- I recommended it to me, like, a year ago or something, and I uh, checked it out, like, the first couple episodes. I liked it, but for some reason I fell off. And so I wanted to watch the most recent coverage of it, which would be last year's last season, set, yeah. right? So I'm like, episode... Uh, three in season five and it's crazy seeing like last year's results where Verstappen is like right there under it like he's he's close yeah and where I'm at right now he keeps like getting better and better I can't remember if it was last season when they made the move to Honda I think as soon as they made the move to Honda with this new motor they're just they're just so far above and beyond and the crazy thing is too is Sergio Perez finished in second 20 seconds behind Verstappen Jeez. in the same car, dude. Yeah. They're the same fucking well, car. That's what I like about F1, man, because you see where it really is a lot about the driving skills. Yeah. And I'm learning all that on Drive to Survive because there was that one dude driving for, fuck, I can't remember who it is. He looked really nerdy. I can't remember. Haas, 
Yeah, the right? Haas team. A yeah. Haas team. He kept fucking these cars up. And then in the show, if you're not, if another recommendation, it might have been Michael Schumacher's son, <coughs> probably. He fucked these cars up, yeah, man. He and the coverage them. of these wrecks, like slow motion. <laughs> so. She's getting out of the bath last night. I'm washing it, and I just like yell, "What the fuck? Holy shit!" Oh, it was that one crazy one where the guy hits the wall like a hundred miles. Yeah, he hit it qualifying. (laughs) Nobody's even racing around you, and you wrecked the car. Sergio Perez, I think, wrecked last week in qualifying. I mean, shit, you're going 150 plus miles. Wreck a fucking 1.5 million dollar car. Yeah, they say like every wreck is at least like 500 thousand dollars in damage, if not more. You know, and it's just like whole. Like I look at it, I'm like, how does he survive that? Yeah, no, and that's a crazy thing. That's why they have uh, that crazy. I forget what they call it. Uh, It's I think it's called the halo. But it's that there's that bar that goes down the yeah. middle, which is right in your center line of vision, which I think is so crazy that they race at that fast with a pretty big like. I mean, it's it's probably about like that wide, and it's like right in your fucking line of sight, yeah. and they're ripping around the track, fucking going. It makes no sense. 180 right? miles per hour, 200 miles per hour. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this tr- this race was uh, super fun to listen to. I didn't get to watch it, like I said, but yep. Uh, so how long are they off for? A few weeks, right? I think it's two or three weeks. I don't remember when they come back. Um, let me let me Googleize it real quick. But um, Charles Leclerc finished in third, um, and like I said, the uh, Lewis Hamilton did get the fastest lap. Again, they bitched at Verstappen because he wanted to put on new tires so that he could get the fastest <laughs> lap, and then he did it, which is the crazy thing. Jeez, and he always, <laughs> like, God <yeah>. damn, dude. <laughs> Uh, shit, I can't remember the fucking, um, the manager's name. He's married to fucking Ginger Spice. Oh, wow. That's funny. <sighs> Fuck. Um, I'll think of it, but, um, he, uh, was just like, oh, Christian Horner. He's like, Max, I don't think it's smart to do this. And he's like, we have, like, we have an insane lead. Like, what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's not going to make a difference. And they're like, he's like, I just don't think it's very smart. And then at one point he said something after they got the fastest lap. He's like, I just really don't think we needed to do that. And Max Verstappen just radio silenced him. Just didn't say anything. Damn. <laughs> just like, fuck you, dude. That's awesome, man. I'm I the love best, how he's bro. like, yeah, I'm the fucking goat. Dude. Don't uh, fuck with me. The next race is August 27th. It is the Dutch Grand Prix. And again, Chad, it is at 7 a.m. in the morning. And that's two weeks from now? Uh, I think it's actually three. Okay, well... Because it's August 2nd, so yeah, it's about three weeks. I'll set my alarm, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I wake up way early during the week, and so I like to sleep in on the weekends. Dude, right? I can't. Yeah, I that's feel a weird bad thing. for you, man. It's like, the most I could sleep... Like, if I make it to 8 o'clock, I feel crazy. You like, I feel to, like I slept too much. You need to take some illicit substances. That's what you need to do. Maybe. Yeah, it'll help. Right, I need to start just freebasing melatonin <laughs> <laughs> cough syrup dude. yeah yeah all right let well, me ask it for f1 if you guys haven't listened to like what chad did go and watch drive to survive yeah. it's super fucking entertaining cool. like i said if they, if any sport wants to get fucking famous just make a show like that pickleball make a fucking uh lacrosse or something or yeah pickle yeah. to my rickle, yeah. you know, because after this, I want to keep watching Full Swing. I, I need. Oh, you to never finished that I one. I never finished that one. That I'm really bad really about good. starting. Shows I still and need I don't to finish, finish Quarterbacks or Quarterback. Yeah, I'm one episode away from that one too. I've only watched one episode. Um, real quick, let's move Slacking. into boxing. Let us do it because we. 
Let's get it on! Nice. We're just going to use that one for boxing, I've, We're too. going to use it three times this episode. Yeah, once just for fun, and then... Dude, yeah. I... So, listen. A little backstory. I fell in love with boxing because of ESPN Classic back in the day. Obviously, I wasn't, like, a huge diehard fan where I went to a gym or anything like that. But like ESPN classic used to play the Mike Tyson highlights all the time, yeah. the old fights. And I would watch them like crazy. I'm obviously a big Mike Tyson fan. So I've always been a fan of boxing ever since I was like 10 or 11. And for a long time, boxing has not been like that. We yeah. don't see brutal fights. We see hugging. We almost see these guys out here Floyd dancing. Floyd Mayweather ruined it for a lot of Floyd people. Floyd Mayweather sucks. It's not fun. It's technical boxing. What I watched on Saturday night was a resurrection of amazing boxing. Terrence Crawford went up against Earl Spence Jr., who was no bum in any by any means. Yeah, twenty-eight no, twenty-two wins by knockout, held one of the welterweight titles, and now it's been unified by Terrence Crawford. Got walked out by Eminem, so you know he means business. Yeah, that was fucking badass. Did he walk out to lose yourself? No, it was really weird. He didn't sing with them. He just walked out with them. Oh. I don't get that. So he, like, he didn't walk out to an Eminem song? No, I don't oh, that's understand that's weird. I wonder, like, we were talking about at work. I, I saw the Twitter thing that happened where he said, like, he uh, added or tweeted at Eminem, and then Eminem was like, oh, man, you're, like, one of my favorite boxers. Like, that was how the whole thing happened. But oh, that's cool. I thought he but, was going to come out with like an Eminem song and yeah, Eminem was going to rap. That's what that's I, what always like, happens. You have you know? to rap, yeah. dude. And like, what do you mean? I don't get it. And Eminem yeah. was probably like, I don't rap for anything less than half a fucking million. <laughs> yes, <bro."> seriously. <laughs> like, you didn't pay me enough, man. I'll walk with you. But yeah, that's I'll it. walk. And even then, you're lucky. I'm fucking walking, dude. I should have had one of your guys carry me. It's <laughs> 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 just carrying Eminem out like a baby. <laughs> Here he comes with Eminem, and Eminem's just like in this dude's arm, just like I'm here. <laughs> Dude, Crawford put on a fucking clinic. I was watching this during the UFC fight, so my full attention wasn't on it. But eventually, I turned to just watching nothing but this match because it was just blowing me away how Crawford was just picking him apart, knocked him down. I feel like I want to say the fourth round, fourth or fifth round. And then it was the referee stopped it. And um, when I was listening to coverage of it on Monday morning, a lot of people were saying his corner should have stopped it way before then. Yeah, I guess at one point he was fucking him up so bad. Uh, he turned and looked at the guy who would be like the next guy in line to fight him and was and like basically called him out mid fight. Jesus. Like, as the I think it might have been after he knocked him down. And the referee was walking over to him, and, like he turned and he's talking to the guy, like That's talking so shit to fucking him. Badass, like, You're next, dude. dude. You're that next. Is, he's, and the guy's like, "Oh shit, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that." So I mean, Earl Spence Damn. is no joke, man. Yeah, I this mean, was supposed this to be was, this is light heavyweight, right? Or is this it heavyweight? Uh, well, I want to say welterweight. Oh, uh, welterweight. Yeah, uh, I believe so. But so, yeah, this was a. I mean, both the these big guys. Fight. This has been the big criticism of boxing for the longest time: is they can't get the big superstars to fight each other and just. Um, Canelo never fought Floyd uh, in Canelo's prime. You know, he took Canelo whenever he was super young. You know, uh, same thing. Floyd took Pacquiao when Pacquiao was too old. You know, a lot of times these boxers don't want to ruin their legacy, so they pick and choose these fights. And these guys happen to meet head-to-head at the best time in their careers, and Crawford made it look like he was fighting some bum. And it, I, I swear to God, man, I was so entertained watching this. Yeah, I did not watch it because I was trying to watch the UFC and pay attention to that. And yep. I didn't do a really good job at that either. But um, 
But, you know, I mean, check out the highlights, dude, because it is nuts because Spence did have some heart in those later rounds. I think it was stopped in the ninth or tenth round. And he just kind of, after getting knocked down, kept trying to, like, like Rocky Balboa, like, hold himself up. And then a lot of people are saying, like, Crawford felt like had mercy on him. Like he could have made yeah. it way worse and ended it early. And then eventually he just kind of kept hitting him. And then this, you know, Spencer just couldn't do anything. So the ref stopped it, but super entertaining fight uh, for you. Those out there, go check out the highlights. It, it really does bring back the love of boxing for you. Um, Real quick. Did you ever watch the movie, the fighter Uh, with Christian Bale? Yeah, I believe so, but I don't About remember Mickey much Ward. of it. I don't remember much of it, but it's it's I, a really good yeah. movie. I know it's a good movie. It's a good don't movie, remember. but I if you go back and watch the Mickey Ward Arturo Gotti fights, dude, absolute fucking boxing wars. Dude. Nice. I think there was three of them, and you're literally watching two dudes just fucking battle trade like blows to back like and forth. yeah the bitter end basically fuck yes man yeah it's super good i mean i didn't i also watched a lot of the mike tyson fights because my parents would always go over to their friend's house and they would have like a big party yeah. and then and then they, it would, they, end, they, in, it would end in 30 seconds, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. all i was doing was going around getting people beers for 25 cents a pop <laughs> nice <laughs> at like eight years old oh, at least you got paid <laughs> yeah. i never got paid for that shit. yeah the, the, wasn't getting paid, and then someone was like, "Give him a quarter or something for going yeah. to get it, you lazy <laughs> asshole." <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess I could. Right, and that was back when people used cash all the time, so everybody had quarters. So yeah. I was making money, dude. And then my someone got—I think my mom got mad at me for taking money from people, and I was like, "What the hell? I'm, I'm working. You're here. working. I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> I dig a, it, man. A little entrepreneur. Yeah. Too bad uh, it didn't bleed into real life. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> That's right. We're entrepreneuring right now That's as what I'm we speak. Uh, let's is that get all you into, got for boxing. Yeah. Let's get into some. You've got some golf. Others. I do. I got one thing for golf. Son of a bitch, Paul, why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! <laughs> That's right, Classic. answer me. Yes. Damn it. Uh, yeah, in golf, PGA adds Tiger as the six-player director, and they made changes to their governance in terms of how they operate as a whole. Um, this was all after the outcry of the players due to a lack of transparency leading up to the merger. Um Jay Monahan stated today that moving forward, no changes may be made without prior involvement and approval of all six player directors. Um, this was basically all um, it, it all stemmed because on Monday, 41 players sent a, a letter to the PGA demanding more involvement in anything that happens going forward. So, oh, wow. and this is kind of what I was bringing up um, to Adam last week: is what's going to happen to make this better? Mm-hmm. And I think this is. I think it's a step the, we're starting to see. Yeah, the beginning stages of yep. them trying to mend the fences and build the bridges back. To well, the correct way they me were. if I'm wrong. Unlike the NBA or. Uh, the NHL or any other major sports, there's not a players union, right? For golf. There kind of is. Cause there's like representatives for the players that deal with the PGA. Okay. So it's almost like there's like a union, but it's not like a union in the sense of a union. It doesn't seem like it. No, because I think, and that's what I think they're trying to do now. And that may be what comes from this whole thing is that there is maybe some form of union that comes. Right. Cause that's the thing that they're bitching about is like, they want like more guaranteed money because a lot of these guys travel and then they don't make the cut and that's mm-hmm. all out of your pocket and you're flying and you know, 
know, you're doing all this other shit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This could be the beginning stages of some form of a union, but yeah, I don't think there's actually like a governing union. I think it's a good thing players. that Tiger's on the board because I think, you know, he is uh, straight laced when it comes to it. He's going to stick to. He his and guns. Rory were the most adamant in terms yep. of. And it's kind of like I was saying, though, I think Rory was starting to flip a little bit towards yep. the end there, but. Yeah, that's all I've really got for golf. Okay. Um, we'll see what continues to transpire from all of the things with this merger. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. We've got the last major already wrapped up, and the next thing happening is the Ryder Cup, and that's in, I think, two months. Two months so yep. that's probably the next time Adam will be on. We'll Fuck be those Brits. Damn near into the NFL season by then. We will be into the NFL season by oh, then. Oh, yeah, we definitely will be. Because, yeah, the first preseason game is next weekend, dude. Well, no, the first preseason was game Thursday. Tomorrow. Oh yeah, 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 the Hall of Fame the, game, the stupid Hall of Fame <laughs> game, the week <laughs> Nobody before watches. anything. Yeah. I'm gonna watch. We all well, we're gonna watch it. Yeah, I'll probably watch a little bit. Yeah, I always watch we'll like the first in. few plays or first few series, and then I'm like, okay, I don't know any of these players. You got who is them, on dude. the Hall of Fame game? Isn't the Jets? No, they're not the Jets. Oh, you know, I don't know. Let's see real quick before we move on. Hall of Fame game. 2023 Cleveland Browns will take on the New York Jets in the 2023 Hall of Fame game August 3rd. That is tomorrow. Two controversial figures, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. A guy who likes massages and a guy who likes ayahuasca. Go at it for the Hall of Fame. (laughs) One's tripping, one's rubbing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Aaron Rodgers may still be in darkness. We don't know. Yeah, he finally rolled out behind the rock, much like Jesus when he came back. And he kind of looks like him a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. All right, so... That's going to take us into... uh, What are we going to get into now? The MLB. The the MLB. Hit it, Chris. On a juvenile delinquent in the offseason in his Major League debut. I'm going to light your ass up, meat. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. Such he tried the corner and missed. Underrated movie, man. Oh, I dude. Major League's fucking awesome. Those movies, dude. They're I good. love the uh, the manager. That guy is an actor. It, it just sounds like it hurts to talk. Yeah, well, you know, hey, he talks like this. Yeah, yeah he's just, God damn it. Well, <laughs> yeah. man, can't tell you Got what to Huge fucking ball chew in his fucking Around mouth, here, man. we wear sleeves and hats, Vaughn. <laughs> you know, a few sound bites I tried to look for, but I couldn't find anything good, was Rookie of the Year. Oh, with yeah. Gary Busey, man. Gary Busey. The, as the Rocket. The Rocket. It was a great movie as a kid when I was growing up, man. I had it on VHS. Now, Gary Busey's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> Total psychopath, man. Lost it. After Point Break... Well, he got in that motorcycle accident yep. and his head slammed into a curb at like 40 miles per hour. And ever since then, you, you get changed. Yeah, he's uh, a different human being. <laughs> yeah. It's just like uh, the Vontez really? Perfect hit on uh, Antonio, uh, Brown. Antonio Brown, <laughs> Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Yep. Well, Roseanne Barr was ambient. No, she as oh, a kid. Oh, no, you're right. Had that a, is that right. Head injury. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. She got hit by a car or some shit. I was like, "What are you but talking about?" But the ambient about? didn't help. The ambient <laughs> definitely did not help. All right, uh, we're into MLB though. <laughs> um, I'll start since you've got the majority of it. Okay. Um, a couple of things. Mine are mainly uh, based on trades. Uh, the Mets, after spending the most money of anybody this year and spending a t- mm-hmm. or having to pay a shitload mm-hmm. in the luxury tax. Uh, have officially blown it up. Um, they end up trading Max Serger to the Rangers, and they trade 
Um, God damn it. What's Justin, his name? Verlander. Justin Verlander to the Astros. Back to the Astros. Back to the Astros where he once won a World Series, and now both of them are deadlocked in a race for the National League West. That is true. They are neck and neck. It's great. I believe I mean, tied. Right I would now. like to see one of these maybe in a playoff matchup going forward, and one of them gets it, the wild it's card. It's probably or going to happen, but the big story about the Max Scherzer trade is that he uh, released or basically yeah. kind of released. laid out a conversation between him and what's his name? I, Billy Epler. Yep. Uh, and what it says is let me read it to you. This one's short, it's not like the, uh, the NBA memo. memo. <laughs> Um, I talked to Billy Scherzer told the athletic, I was like, okay, are we reloading for 2024? He goes, no, we're not. Basically our vision now is for 2025, 2026, 2025 at the earliest, more like 26. We're going to be making trades around that. I was like, so the team is not going to be pursuing free agents for this off season to assemble a team that compete for a world series next year. He said, no, we're not going to be signing the upper echelon guys. We're going to be on the smaller deals within free agency. 24 is now looking to be more kind of a oh, God damn it. I can't read it. Uh, a rebuild year. Yeah. So, it's After just, spending all that money. They fucking spent so much money, dude. Well, let's talk about how much money they have to eat now that they traded those two pitchers away. And they did get rid of other good players, too. Um, but those are the two big ones. Just in those two players, they are going to eat $35 million. No, it's no different than uh, my Rockies. Yep. Our Rockies, if you will. Because you live here now and you go to the game, so I'm going to say you are now a Rockies fan. <laughs> uh, That's strange. Our That's Rockies. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're trading guys away and paying them to leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, right now Nolan Arenado is still the highest paid player, highest paid player on the Rockies, and he plays damn. for the fucking Cardinals, who he left to go to a winning team, and they are also, I think, let's uh, see. One I'm going to bring up the, the Rockies here in a second. Um, they're in the last place in the Central Division. Oh shit, they're in the Central. My yeah. bad. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, and then just to talk about the Rockies real quick, um, they traded away CJ Crone and Randall Grichik to the Angels. They also traded away Mike Moustakis to the Angels. That was after the Angels beat him like that two was weeks a, ago. A, about almost a month ago, and that was kind they of They literally traded him after they got fucking hammered yeah. by him, 20-something to nothing, and then they traded him the next and day. And he immediately made a splash for the Angels, too. Yeah. And I've always been partial to him because he won the World Series for us at the on the Royals. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. He uh, is playing third base now for the Angels, and I was watching him against the Braves the other night. Man, he's playing good. He's yeah. a big dude, so I like watching those big baseball players that like look like yeah. old school Babe Ruth type guys yeah. that like big big you body can't dudes. run to first yeah. base, but they can. All you got to do is get that momentum. Yeah, once that momentum goes, it's hard to slow down. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But then the Rockies just and this is exactly what they need to do. And I think um, their new uh, president of baseball operations is doing a good job. And getting rid of everybody, what's the fucking point? You're not going to do anything. Why keep these guys on the books? Yep. We're already got Chris Bryant on the books. He hardly plays, and we're fucking paying, paying him 20-some million dollars a year. Of money, yeah. So get rid of all these other guys. And they've acquired now, with the draft and these trades, 13 pitchers to add to their farm system. Dang. I think eight of them are... Um, Double or A to double A, so they're like guys that are ready to like maybe within a year start producing and and actually being yeah. in the major leagues. So you're actually seeing the Rockies have somewhat of a direction as to what the fuck they're doing because the biggest issue is is that nobody wants to come pitch here. 
because it's such a hitter's area, such a hitter's park that like they're just like we can't get anybody to come here. So it's mm-hmm. like you have to get these guys, almost like running backs now, get them young. And then as soon as they're gonna, they get big. Somebody's gonna poach them off you. Yep. But you got to have three guys in the stables just ready to take their That's place. A good way to put it. Otherwise, you're, you're gonna get so far behind like they are, and there's just no catching up with these teams that can get these, you know, top tier, top echelon players and and pitchers. Yep, very true. So, um, also Astros Framber Valdez pitched a no hitter last night um, through eight innings. Technically not a full no hitter, but. It makes big news because it's the same day the Astros trade for Verlander. And Valdez won two games in the World Series last year, and Verlander won one. So these guys reuniting. And a lot of people are talking about how, oh, the Verlander thing's no big deal. He hasn't done that well this year. That may be kind of true. He had a rough start, but um, I was reminded today. Well, his last seven starts, he has an ERA of like 149. Yeah, and he's going back home, basically. Yep. He where, liked it in Houston. Yeah. He did really well in Houston. Won a Cy Young there. Met I'm his sure. wife. No, did he? I'm pretty sure. I forget what her name is. I think it's Angelica. It's not Angelica. I just made that yeah. up. <laughs> Bambi. <laughs> she was on one of those like commercials for that Clash of Clan games that made no sense, where there was like real people in the commercial, and you're like, I don't get what's going on. Heidi, not Heidi Klum. Well, that would be one hell of a name. <laughs> She's Fuck, really I don't know who it is. Either way. Um, she's a super famous fucking supermodel. Okay. Uh, Either way. Yep. I digress. Another bit of news. Aaron Judge is back, and he hit a homer plus three hits in a second game back. And he really makes the Yankees move because now that he's back, they're starting to win again. Um, tonight, they are up on the Rays, a really good team, if I can get this to fucking load. God damn Last it. time I checked, it was like 7-2 to two or something. But basically, yeah, it's it's notable be, even though the Yankees aren't doing too well this year, Aaron Judge is a very exciting player and... Yeah, we might see the Yankees make a surge in the last half of the season. Yeah, when Aaron Judge came into the league, everybody was like, this guy is a fucking genetic freak of a baseball player. Like 6'8", 280. He's like LeBron playing baseball. Fucking huge, you know, man. Just a monster of a human being. Uh, and But the thing is, everybody's freaking out after the trade deadline about the Yankees. Like, what are you doing? You didn't really make any moves. They didn't. So you kind of stood pat. and uh, Yeah. We'll see where they go with this because I think they're really banking on these guys getting healthy and coming back and then make, being able to make a push. But yep. the American I the League's look, tough, man. Yeah, if they don't make the playoffs this year, which is right now, if the, if the playoffs started, they wouldn't make it. So, yeah, they would be the laughing stock of the league. All right. Well, I think it's that time, Chad. Unless you got something else. I do. Or do you want to go through the. Time? Oh, I, you, yeah. oh, let you me go, go through, through the, the standings, standings real quick. Just I take a almost cut you off. No, you're good. Let's start God in the American League. It. Baltimore Orioles still in first place above the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are one and a half games back. That is a hell of a division. We were just talking about the Yankees. Going through this division, like the Red Sox would be leading in like the AL or the National League yeah, most of those teams uh, would be division. leading in other divisions. It is a juggernaut <laughs> of a division. Like the AFC West. Or you got the Orioles, yeah, and Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees, and all of them have winning records. But the Orioles are top that. And then down in the Central Division, Minnesota Twins, 55 and 53, above the Cleveland Guardians, at, uh, who are two and a half games back. 
And the last place in that division is my Royals, who actually have won four games in a row. Shockingly. Ooh, they're yeah. on a roll. Made me some money last night. Couldn't believe it. Careful. Yep. Then in the West Division, the Texas Rangers are rolling. They're playing really good ball this year, 61 to 46. And they are tied, actually, with, like we were just talking about, with the Astros for the lead. And then in so third place, uh, Seattle Manners are five and a half games back. And, of course, in last place is the Oakland Athletics. Yeah. No doubt about that. They're probably going to set records for the worst team ever. So. They just can't wait to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> but they beat the Rockies this weekend, and I think they won the series. So, yeah, yeah. so they got go that, Rockies. <laughs> and then in the National League, my Braves, 69-37. and 37. Um, They are 11 and a half. I think the last time I brought this up, they were seven games up on second place. Yeah. Now they're 11 and a half games up on second place, the Phillies. Running away with that division. Um, and then in the Central Division, the Reds have moved back to first place. Pretty yeah, cool. Cincinnati. Ellie De La Cruz has been playing awesome. Super exciting Literally, player. I think this all stems from him. It really is. Because I think they were in third place or something when he came in from uh, when they brought him up. He's given them so, a spark. Yeah, for sure. there's definitely a spark there. The Reds they are, are on only fire. One game up on the they're Milwaukee red hot. Brewers, though. So they're right neck and neck with the Brewers. And then. Um, down in the West Division, the L.A. Dodgers are in first place now. They usurped the San Francisco Giants, who are two and a half games back. So, And then, of course, like we said, the Rockies are in last place. Yeah, and the Padres are in third? Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, the, the Diamondbacks took the, Oh, shit. Yeah, the Padres have been falling. Yeah. Yep. But that wraps it up for baseball. Chris. Play me some new music, bro. Yes, indeed. It is that time for the music break, and it is a new month. It is August, and that means we say c'est la vie to the Frikashinas, and we welcome Messiavore to the Fringe Fanatics uh, musical playlist, I guess, if you want to call it that. That's I was trying to come up with a cooler name for playlist it. Playlist works. Musical yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, Messiahvore is a super cool band out of Denver, Colorado. They're a lot more on the metal side of things. Uh, this name of this song is Hopes of the Living Dead. Wow. It is off of their new album, Transverse, and you are going to hear it right now.
are back. You just heard Messiah Bore, Hopes of the Living Dead, off of their new album, Transverse. Uh, you can find them on all things streaming. Uh, everybody goes to Spotify, but you can find them on all the major streaming platforms. You can also visit messiahvore.com to uh, find out when they're playing next, buy merch, and purchase music directly from the band. As always, please purchase directly from us. Uh, it cuts out that middleman and gives us that money right in our pockets. Uh, let's get into it, Chad. We're back. We are back, and we're going to mix it up a little bit. We are going to mix it up a little bit. We've got something going on. The Fringe Fanatics Fantasy League inaugural season the is happening. First season. The so first season. Chris and now. I, <clears throat> since we count as two people in the league, each invited four other people that we know that are very versed in fantasy and take it serious. Yeah. And we came up with this league and live on the podcast, somewhat live, where we're doing it live now. We're going to select the draft order. Yes, right now we have a fantasy football a draft order. Oh, first, we need to take, oh, a, we shot need to take a shot. We're going to take a shot at the turn first. We got to get this right. It's nice having whiskey this week since we didn't drink last week. Yeah, we didn't. I mm-hmm. had to work at night. It was dumb. Yeah, and I just didn't feel like drinking. All right, here's to our new musical break guest, Messiahvor. Thank here's you, Messiah to you Vore. if you've stuck around. And if you're in this fantasy league, you had to stick around because we basically held you guys hostage and you have to listen to this episode to find see what out we did there when the draft is and what your well we know when the draft is but you have to find out what your draft order is yeah and that's where when you're going to be drafting out. so yep we are going to do that right after we take this shot so here's to everybody in the league and here's to me and chad lee in episode 45 of fringe fanatics here we go cheers, cheers. <sighs> see i like it it's good shit it's got a bite I gotta drink it out of the Long Branch Salute. Oh, oh yeah, that's from Dodge City, Kansas, buddy. Woo! Mom picked that up for me. Ugh, that one uh, snuck up on me. All right, mm. so I'm gonna be filming this because in case anybody wants to bitch and complain about uh, what the actual draft order was, Gregor's. we're going to show you that I am pushing this button right here, right here. We now. go. Three, two, one. And the draft order has been generated. I'm going to scroll down right now and release it to you guys. Wow, I got first. So, number That's... one, Chris. Number two, Josh. Number three, Chad. Number Ugh. four, Greg. Number five, Samir. Number six, Minkus. Number seven, Brandon. Number eight, Alex. Number nine, Derek. And number ten, I'm so sorry, Travis. You are the unlucky number 10. It's not unlucky. A lot of times you get, you get double that double down. pick. Yeah. Double down. There is strategy to this. So Big time. I hate the number three pick. I don't like that. <sighs> yeah, it does suck, the middle picks, because you're just like, I'm fucking waiting. No, I just feel I, like I'm fucking waiting. Five is the best. Five is right there in the best, because you don't have... You you get good players. You don't have to get way yeah, around. You're going to get, get a, horrible yeah. players. The only thing that sucks is you on the... The second go, you get like a little bit. It's a, it just it's a gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A big gap. But yep. So let's let, read through them just one, one more, more time, time, a little slower. I can't believe I got number one. I think That's last year ridiculous. I was last. We're gonna get um, complaints on that. Yeah, we definitely are. But I'm sure you don't <laughs> want the number one pick. Not really. It yeah. kind of stresses me out to yeah. tell you the truth. Because I'm gonna take uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole! You fucking dick! <laughs> take Justin Jefferson. You know what you're gonna do. 
Uh, so in the number one position, it is me, Chris Zane. In the number two, we have Josh Harris. Number three, <clears throat> Mr. Chad Lee. Number four, Mr. Greg Maher. Number five, Samir. I don't know Samir's last name. I just know him as Samir. I, I believe it's Imbrami. Oh, yeah. I- Samir Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Samir Ibrahim. And if that's wrong, Samir, you can I'm call sorry. me a fucking asshole. Yeah, call him an uh, asshole. Uh, we have Minkus at the sixth slot in number seven. Brandon, what's his last name? Badzinski, I believe. Badzinski. Number eight, Alex Taylor. Number nine, Derek Johnson. Yep, Derek Johnson. And then number 10, Travis Plumley. Uh, and also, we want to mention uh, Minkus and Travis are from the Knee Circles podcast. That is true. Um, they're our brothers in podcasting as of now. We are linked at the hip. Uh, we are doing this draft together, and uh, we might be talking about it on both podcasts. It's a good way to get both podcasts out and about, and both front, in front of both of our sets of fans. So yeah, they're good. Um, they're here funny. we go, man. I'm not. I'm actually kind of bummed I got first, but it's I guess so. It I know. I did. I hate having an early yeah. pick, dude. I think I had the three Damn pick it. in one of my leagues last year too. Shit. Shit. All yeah. right. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. It is. I could change the entire draft with one pick. I know you're going to take Mahomes, man. I know you I'm will. Take him. Yep. Patty Mahomes. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it. I'm here. I'm here. You woke up the wrong motherfucker, man. And see, and that was cool. And the other night when you guys were watching out there, he did something again in like the second or third episode. And he just kept saying yeah, shit. Yeah, he I was just like, repeats. Dude, three. Is fine. And even then, three, you're like the third, and you're like, I, I get it. You know, he's I. He's a four or five guy. I hate to criticize, you know, because I, I was criticizing, but then when I saw an interview of like why he does that, he says he just kind of blacks out. And that kind of makes sense because he'll just go, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I get it. If you're in that fucking zone, you you can't yeah, think of any I other mean, saying. You're just stuck on if one If anybody's seen me blacked out on a tyrant, like, or on a tirade, I don't say one thing over and over again. It's like diarrhea of the mouth. He just goes on to, like, boom, same Dude, fucking thing I over and over again. Dude, I fucking differ. I have watched Chiefs Broncos games with you where you have said in my ear, obnoxiously yelling that's a 50 million dollar quarterback that's a 50 million dollar quarterback like cartman dude i'm like i wanted to hit you man i really did that i love you he was hurt, and you. then they ran a quarterback sneak on like the two and his fucking kneecap fell off yeah and then i'm like that's a 50 million dollar quarterback because that was fucking dumb and you, you you said it over it and over again and i did that too with the uh three interceptions Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yep. Yeah, you you see you do the same shit. You can't too, criticize. You do Mahomes. the same shit too, though. Fifteen in a row, baby. Fifteen yeah, in a row. Yeah, Fifteen yeah, in a row. We you know. know. That's we right. Know. We know. We it's you can't criticize Mahomes. You get stuck on one thing and you just roll with it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Can't stand the it. draft order is set. French fanatics. Hey, uh, and for our listeners out there that happen to be interested in this, I really doubt that they are. But All we're going to include it no matter what. This is a $100 buy-in, so there is decent money at stake, and there is a $10 extra fee for um, high the score. high score throughout the league. And we are proposing, and we are, we're going to say this in the text group of the league, too. I have always wanted to have a funny, good punishment for finishing last place. I've never seen it done in a league I've been in, and I want it. If any listeners out there or any of our other team owners in this league have a good idea, please pitch it. Greg, we're not going to do something stupid where we're going to run streaking through the quad 
I know what you're thinking. <laughs> He's Not still that. mad that you made him wear that Kansas City Chiefs hat. <laughs> In, yeah, I, <laughs> that's the rule. I mailed it to him. Yeah, I fucking I think mailed he it. Probably to him. burned it right I, afterwards. Yeah, but I it bet was, he, it was he well probably wears it, it yeah. every day. I know he, he does. does. Yeah. But yeah, so we we Cuck. definitely want that. And the last little bit on this, I am going to propose. Um, Maybe if everybody's willing to chip in, because I want this to be an annual thing that we do every year. Hopefully, we invite the same guys back. Um, and I, if I didn't say already, the people we invited, the reason we wanted to get people in this is because we all can't stand playing fantasy with people that don't care enough about it, that forget to set their lineups, don't know what players on by. The game was in London. Yeah. Oh, I woke up late. Yeah. No, we want people that are diehard, looking yeah, like about it, Charlie, about it, about it, from fucking always sunny with the red strings. yarn everywhere. <laughs> this player's gonna play here. That's what I want. I want a yeah. psycho, that, and that's why because each one of these players, Derek Johnson, uh, my girlfriend's brother, won like the last three years. I won last year. Chris won in his league last year. Well, our league, yeah, and then two years ago. Yeah, um, it just yeah, that's right because I won yeah, that league won last, last year. So, so yeah, we wanted people that were heavy hitters, people that are mm-hmm. yeah, like we said, legit down about it, and we tried to get as many people who are either have won leagues or have been right up there at the top of leagues consistently. So and on that note, I have looked up. So have I the the right trophy to do this, and I want it to be a belt. Yeah, a champion's belt. And if we all can chip in, maybe ten ten bucks or something like that, I know we can make it happen. And we'll. I think it's only like one hundred and eighty bucks to get like a legit fringe fanatic. Like you could get our logo on it. That'd be badass. And that then, would be cool. Yeah. yeah. We could. We can even leave the side plates blank, so we that's, could put yeah, the fucking that's the plan to engrave it each year. Because in my main league, that that's been like my family, friends, and family league forever. We one of the guys literally made a fucking Super Bowl trophy. Wow. And then we put it. Then my cousin, my other cousin that's in the league, took it to a trophy shop and got it put on like a stand that we could put like all the fucking oh all the nameplates. That's yeah, the cool. Name plates, so. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean yeah. that that's the way it should be. And it's speaking of Samir, he he won um, the first year that I had done a commissioner and I got him a trophy with his name in there. And so I mean, like, we want this to be legit. So yeah, yeah. We we're definitely willing to foot some of the bill, but if we can get a little bit of charity, that uh, would. Because as far as we're concerned, if everybody wants to continue this, everybody that's in it will continue to be in it. Yeah. And it'll be like a waiting list to get in is going to be the type of deal that we're looking to have where it's like, you yeah. know, we've got a few standbys that are, are ready to take places if people can't continue on. And then so when I fun. win it, I'll put the belt like right there. That way everybody can see it each yeah, week. Yeah. Hopefully one of us wins it so we can just display it here. But then we would feel like assholes, especially <laughs> since I got the first pick. But... You know, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that, man. It should be good. But Chris, yeah, we got one last little bit of news to recap some UFC. That is true. Hit it, Mills Lane. Let's get it on for the third time. Let's Never gets old. Get it on. That's right. This weekend, UFC 291 happened, and we had the battle for the BMF belt. Chris, what's and BMF stand for? Bad motherfucker. Or bad mofo right. for those who like to um, edit 
and yeah. uh, censor things. The bad mother We don't do fudger. that here. We never edit, guys. I think there's been one thing in the entirety of us recording 45 episodes that, that we have I taken said. out. And we probably really didn't even need nah. to take it out. We just felt weird about it. It was like so, early in the stages. And yeah, I was nervous about yeah, it. Yeah, you were nervous. And I was like, ah, I could be taken wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, this show is completely uncensored. I literally do no editing now that we've got this sweet new computer set up. It's basically from farm to table, if you will. That's a good way to put it. It's, I like that. Yeah, it's farm Just to like table garden. sports podcast. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, let's get into it, man. And you're right. There is no editing. And when it comes to this, yeah, there's sometimes I fucking stumble upon my words or mispronounce shit. But that's what makes it fucking grassroots, yeah, we're also man. hanging out, you know, enjoying some libations together. And that's what can happen. We're monetizing our friendship. That's exactly. what we're doing. <laughs> Hopefully monetizing. Yeah, yeah. If not, we're giving ourselves a good reason to hang out. That's what it is, man. Good times. Love you, buddy. <laughs> love you, man. All right. Uh, I, love, I love to hate you, but... I hate to love you. Indeed. Yes. So, UFC 291 in Salt Lake City. Let's start with Derek Lewis. Uh, so awesome. So this this guy, it, it's a shame that he announced that he was retiring afterwards. And he... Did he announce he was retiring? I, I saw something about that. I, I listened to the whole post-fight. didn't really sound like Yeah, I wasn't sure. Well, it, it was his last fight on his contract. A lot oh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did mention that. <laughs> a lot of people have been beckoning Dana to re-sign him. I'm sure he will after that. This is a huge fan favorite. He's hilarious. Best he took off his yes, best celebration. Did you see what he said about his girl afterwards too? No, I didn't. But I heard when he said, uh, it was pretty raunchy. He said, dude. It was well, good. he took his shorts off and he's like, man, sometimes a dickhead got a mind of his own. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. shit! <laughs> it's the second dude. time he's taking his shorts off. The first time a long time ago, uh, Joe asked him after the fight, "Man, you took our shorts off. What was that about?" He's like. My balls was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I think at one time, too, afterwards, he said he had to take a shit after he got done fighting. I think he might have. I wouldn't doubt it. He is hilarious. He's visceral. He says what's on his mind. Yeah, the black beast, dude. And um, he... Does he have the most knockouts now This fight put him... He was tied with Matt Brown. This now puts him as the sole owner of as most knockouts, not just in the heavyweight. That's what I had, I think, said last week, but I was wrong. It's in... The whole UFC with, I think, 14 now. Um, and he did it on a flying knee right out of the gate, dude. Yeah, I like how when they asked him, like, did you plan that flying knee? He's like, nah, man, that was just some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, that was just some bullshit, yeah. man. He's like, we've been working on it, but he's like, I had no intention of throwing it. He's you like, know what I just, I just realized? Ah. Jorge Masvidal was in the crowd that night for the BMF Maybe title to pass Maybe they up. locked eyes. I bet he might have done that in his honor. That, yeah. that makes sense now. That's still the best knockout in UFC history, I feel like, is Masvidal and Ben That's up there. I, I'd just say, how stiff Ben Askren went, and then Masvidal gets down the ground, is like talking shit to him, and he's just like this. Just like, have you ever seen Edson Barboza's? Uh, Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza. Yeah, his uh, wheel kick that he spun around. I can't remember the guy that he knocked out, but I'll send you the link after we're done. Oh, it, I saw another crazy. A guy fell like a board, like a board. Afterwards. Yeah, I watched him knock out, and I don't know what it was on. I'd have to try and find it. But this dude fucking roundhouses this guy like a spinning back roundhouse. 
lifts him off of his feet. The dude like goes sideways, <laughs> smacks the fucking falls like a fish. Like, Damn, dude, it's crazy when the brain shuts off. It's like, uh, yeah, off. it is weird watching people get knocked yeah, out. Yeah, but in the first, body does. yeah, thirty seconds. Derek Lewis, big heavyweight, goes up for a flying knee, catches this guy on the chin. And, Severe underdog, mind you. Yeah, he was too, and yeah. I I stand corrected because I said it on the podcast I and I picked uh, in my DK lineup. I picked against him, and man, I was wrong. Yeah. Yep. But man, he's entertaining as hell. He's, he's always had great knockouts. He's a hard hitting motherfucker. I really hope Dana resigns him. But I just normally I just cover the Kona main event, the main event. But I had to talk about him, man. He's awesome. Yeah. Let's move into the <laughs> co-main event though. Alex Pereira versus Jan Blakowitz. 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 You're making me mess it up. Blakowitz. Yeah. So this was this was kind of a tough fight. I really thought it was going to be a little better. Um, it was kind of a letdown. Um, Alex Pereira ended up getting the decision. And did you see what Izzy had to say about that whole thing right afterwards? No, because but I saw Jan came out and said he didn't lose that fight. He said he got robbed. Yeah. With you know, I could see it going either way. But right after the fight, I mean, as soon as like hit double zeros, Alex stands up and does. And this is what Israel Adesanya said. He was like, "Dude, you can't do that. You have to stand up and put your hands up because if it's ever a question, yeah, and close, and you look tired. Yeah, you're that doesn't look good to the judges. Yeah. And Jan." Kept sitting exhausted. He was gassed from the end of the first round when he tried those submission attempts. And I cannot believe how bad his conditioning was in this. But that's what lost him the fight, basically. Because yeah. he tried to take down Alex Pereira a few times. Uh, the first round, he had some some success with it. Had a rear naked choke attempt. Didn't really get he almost much. Got, well, he almost got him. He did. He almost got it with that. But he def- uh, Alex defended it well. Then in the second round, Alex really came back. Landed some good shots on him. Jan tried to take him down again, really didn't do much. And then in the third round, it really swayed towards Alex's favor because he landed more strikes, some good leg kicks. And then in the last 30 seconds, Jan got a takedown and then laid on top of him. Yeah. Didn't ground and pound him, didn't do anything. And some of the judges or some of the commentators are like, well, maybe that was the tipping point. Maybe that won him the fight. It, you know, it's like what we've seen with some of these different fighters where they maybe have gotten a few takedowns, but they don't do anything with it. I don't think the judges like that. Yeah, when you're just like basically like laying on the guy and you're not trying to advance position and you're not trying to ground and pound, it just looks like, you know, you're just trying to catch your breath yeah. at that point. And that's what it was. And it works man. against you. Yeah. You get the points for the takedown, but then it's basically like, well, you didn't do shit with the takedown. So And it was embarrassing because I, I really I did pick Jan. Uh if you guys listened last week, I really I said he was gonna take him down, his wrestling's better, but he didn't do much with it. And I've gotta attribute that to Glover Teixeira coaching Alex Pereira. And I think also has to go a lot to like what we talked about previously is just him going up and wait to what he should be fighting. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you said at the end of it. Jan uh, Blahovich is just totally exhausted, and Pereira's, you know, still basically yeah. like, oh shit, it's easy fighting like yeah, this. Three rounds, no <laughs> yeah. problem. Yeah, it wasn't title fight for him. The last yeah. couple of fights for him have been title fights, and yeah, I mean, I, I think Glover Teixeira from uh, Brazil, you know, out there training in Connecticut, out of all the places, it's crazy. But those two have a friendship that is like Sturzy and Hutch or something. Man, I don't know why I named those two, but. Um, yeah, they they have one of the better remakes in terms of movies. Yeah, it actually was really funny. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> yeah, they they just got a funny... and Coke. Do it. 
<laughs> Glover Teixeira, man, he's a great jiu-jitsu guy, really good wrestling. And I think that, you know, for a guy like Alex Pereira that's a kickboxer, I mean, we see where the effects of having Glover as a coach really paid off because it was his takedown defense that really won him this fight. Yeah. But um, it, it was a close one. Uh, I think this is definitely going to elevate Alex to fight. He's got to be the main, you know, yeah, he's contender gonna... for the belt at this point now. Yep. Yuri Prohaska will be returning soon. He was the one that had to vacate the title, which then led um, Jamal Hill to have it. And then Jamal Hill tore his Achilles. Like I said, I really think this light heavyweight title is cursed. It really yeah. seems like it. But what are we talking uh, about? It's the curse of... Uh, isn't it Izzy? Uh, he or fights in the middleweight. Or no, what was it? Oh, shit. Are you talking about my tinfoil hat idea that I pitched to you? What was it? That was the Seattle Seahawks. No. Okay. No. I thought there was like some curse around the belt or something like that. I don't know. Maybe the John Jones curse? John Jones yeah. curse. Yeah, that's what it is. Not Izzy. John Jones. Yeah, maybe that's so. Right. Oh, dude, I wanted to bring up... Uh, this me- not meme, but basically a graphic that showed all of maybe we've talked about it, but all of these fighters' records after fighting John Jones. Yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about. It's um, abysmal, dude. Like these, and nobody can recover I from. Saved, I think I sent it to you too. Yeah, it's it, after you fight John Jones, your career just plummets, and it, it's not just like it, it's great fighters, Dominic Reyes. Uh, Alex Gustafson. I mean, all of these guys that were at the peak of their career, then they fight John Jones. Everything falls apart. Yeah, um, and that just yeah, it's a curse, man. It is, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that it will be the next fight for the light heavyweight title because it was vacated because Jamal Hill going to be out for so long had to vacate the title totally, so there won't be an interim title. It will be for the real actual title, and that'll be a good one, man. Yuri Prasca, I mean, you're looking at a guy that trains with the samurai sword up there in fucking like the Netherlands or something in the mountains in cold weather against Poetan. You know, means business. Yeah, like Whenever a tribal warrior from Brazil. Sword. He's got a spear. You know, I almost want to see these guys fight with weapons. They'd be fucking kick-ass, dude. So you basically want gladiators. That I would to I would watch that. <laughs> I would pay for the pay-per-view then. Because the I always is, do. I would too. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, let's get into the Head Kick Heard Round the World 2.0 Salt Lake City Edition. And that is why I poured this shot for Justin Gaethje fighting out of Colorado. Wheat Ridge, Trevor Whitman's boys, my favorite coach. Got to hand it to you, man. And you proved me wrong. I picked against you, so I'm taking the shot because I was a dumbass. Yeah. Cheers. Ugh. I picks up to right for once. <laughs> yeah. Cheers to Gaethje, man. I... He's credited. Uh, he credited that 2018 loss to Dustin as the turning point in his oh, career. Dustin fucked him up. We talked about it last week. It was he did, he did. But I will say, Justin was a few leg kicks away from yeah. like breaking Dustin's leg. It, it was really, it was an awesome and he, fight. He started out that way too. Yeah, this that's what I've got written down here. Is I mean, the first round was basically trading calf kicks. That's really what it was, but Justin was la- landing more. And see, powerful. I thought, and maybe I'm wrong, dude, but I could have swore there was more than one head kick in the first round. Yeah, setting up the head kick. I yep. think he saw something all the way, like that he was dropping his arms <clears throat> when when something happened. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but he was definitely dropping, and he knew it, and 
I want to say it was at least two to three times he tried it before he fucking landed. Yeah, the first round, I think he tried it, and then Dustin blocked it, but it still landed pretty severe. I mean, if you put your arm up there and That's a kick saying, comes, you're still, you're still taking that a impact. A fucking full kick right next to your face with like your hand right there, you're getting kicked yep. in the head still. But that is what is so remarkable about this, because it is it just mirrored Leon Edwards' infamous kick against his they teammate. They showed it next to each they other. They did, multiple, right multiple afterwards. times. Yeah. Against uh, Usman, Kamara Usman, and it that was actually last August too, almost a year to the day, yeah. and it was just it, I say mirrored because um, Leon's I think came with the left kick, and then Justin's came with the right kick. But what you do is you kind of throw a light jab with your left or your right, whichever way you're going to throw the kick, depending on your stance, and you're not even taking the jab too serious. What you want the uh, opponent to do is just kind of drop his defense to block that jab coming through, and you kind of fake the jab almost, and then come through, and you load up on a head kick, and you land it perfectly. And then when they show those two side by side, it was... It's almost identical. Identical. (laughs) And identical, yeah, how the guys fell. Uh, Poirier wasn't as out as... No. As Usman was. Yeah. Usman Usman's was Usman's eyes rolled out, in the head. out, out, out. He was seeing stars. Poirier was still kind of like he was still kind of there, like trying to get back up. Did you see his like... tweet about the people's elbow? No. Yeah. So Herb Dean did a good job of like sliding in yeah, on top of Dustin him. <laughs> because Justin, the fucking killer, was going to come through and hit he him. He did hit him. He with got one. one. He got one hit on him while he was unconscious, but. um uh, Herb Dean came through there and saved him, but Dustin tweeted, he was like, damn, Herb Dean came through and hit me with the people's elbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he fucking did too, man. But, dude, I got to hand this to Justin. I mean, I think, and a lot of other analysts that I listen to, if anybody's really into UFC, check out um, Morning Combat on uh, YouTube. These guys really break down the fights really well. They're really good analysts. And um, they said that, you know, this this fight by Justin showed how poised patient and calculated he was in this fight i mean justin is notorious for being chaos he goes through there and just puts all concern for his body aside and just gets through there and wants to fight in a phone booth yeah and if he gets fucked up he gets fucked up but he puts on a show and can he continues his uh fight bonus with this fight i'm not sure what it's at but I mean, it's it's got to be a six or seven now. No matter what, when this guy steps into and the octagon, there was a couple times too in this fight that they just traded blows. They did, just like damn, yeah. dude. The <laughs> like first round, going toe to toe, dude. It wasn't as like, um, uh, what, what am I trying to say? It, it wasn't like as exciting as a lot of people expected. Like uh, as much carnage yeah. as a lot of people expected, but it was still really good. They well, traded I mean, blows. Poirier cut uh, Justin really early. Even when he got interviewed after the fight, you're like, wow, that! how did his face get that fucked up? It only yeah. lasted barely over a round. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Justin's face kind of had some black well, eyes and, that, and stuff. And that goes back to what you were saying just about Poirier having basically fucking bricks in his gloves. He does, too. And it wasn't even that hard of a hit that it looked like. But, dude, as soon as he hit him, and it didn't look like he had that much damage there or anything, but it's just like... Boom, a right hook just right on the or yeah, right hook yeah, on the left it, temple. It, was, it just fucking split his eyebrow open. He just starts gushing. I was like, damn, that could that could severely fucking hinder this fight. And it speaks to what I'm talking about because in every other fight, Justin would just throw throw all reason to the side and just go start trading blows with this guy. He definitely instead, was more calculated. He was time. way more patient, poised, and calculated his 
um, shots. And I mean, he did too, because uh, like I said, he kind of faked that jab and then threw that head kick. And like I said on the podcast last week, dude, Dustin fights with his hands lower than most people. And that's what led to that head kick coming through. But that shocked me, man. I, I did, I've, you never see Dustin knocked out like that. And that head kick landed perfectly. And I'm it super, got him on the back of the head. It did. It's like, I'm like the whole foot. His foot hit it. Like his foot wrapped around, smacked him in the back of the neck. Just right at the ankle <laughs> part, man. I mean, I'm t- that's that's a perfect head kick. And I hand Out it to Justin, cold. man. That's Trevor Whitman for you. That's that's excellent training and excellent striking. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I do want to uh, mention uh, Gaethje's comments after the fight because right after he won of course Conor McGregor and his coked up ass had to tweet at Justin Gaethje I'll just he quote unquote I will slap you around is what Conor McGregor said and then so after the fight in the post uh, the presser and the reporter asked Justin about it and he was like uh, and to sum it up, basically, I don't want to fight somebody on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And said, uh, most times when people fight Connor, it's when they lose. Yeah. You know, because they, the UFC wants to give a fight to Connor to make sure he wins. I, I can't remember. I think I saw even Dustin had some comments in regards to Connor after the fight, too. I, yeah, I can't remember what he had said. I can't remember but, either, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's ridiculous because I mean, Connor's supposed to fight Michael Chandler. And now he's going after like Justin. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. That was supposed to happen. <laughs> But I mean, I I love Justin's comments about it because he called him out, um, and everybody knows Connor's on roids, and you know, just basically says it right out, flat out. Uh, yeah, I want to fight anybody that's on steroids. Uh, you know, I, he said I'm not a cheater. I've never used steroids. He said maybe I will when I retire because that's the everybody honest is. answer. I wish I could. But, <laughs> I might start. I don't know. Yeah, get on some TRT TRT replacement. You know? Yeah, but um, Justin will probably fight the winner. Of the fight in October between Islam Makachev and Charles Oliveira in Abu Dhabi, Ooh. and I mean that makes me nervous That's for be an early fight. God damn it! Yeah, I probably will be. Well, sometimes they do cater to U.S. time, so we'll, we'll see. But I bet it'll probably be Abu Dhabi time. It'll be like four o'clock in the morning in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, dude, I'm I'm kind of worried for Justin because I don't know. I still don't feel confident against him against Oliveira or. Islam, but after that fight and seeing how much he's improved, I can't count it out against anybody. Yeah, and now we've got the uh, Sanhagen versus who fight night coming up next? I know. I, I wanted weekend? to prepare for this. Um, we don't have to get into no, it. No, I think but I don't think it's Rob this Font. weekend, is it? Oh, no, I think they changed it from Rob Font. No, it's this weekend. Oh, shit. Um, well, we also have the Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz fight this Saturday as well. Oh, speaking of which, did you see that Nate Diaz just got up and walked out of that interview? No. Without saying anything. They were talking to him, and uh, the dude was interviewing Jake Paul, and Nate Diaz just got up and left. Damn, really? Yeah. It's like the dude about. interviewing him, Jake Paul on one side, Nate Diaz on the other. He just got up and left. Damn, fuck yeah, Nate Diaz. I don't is know a if it's even gonna happen, dude. We'll see what happens. Oh, uh, I know it's gonna happen. There's too much money at stake, but well, yeah. I'm surprised. Didn't did they have to move it out of Texas? Because Nate Diaz says he's smoking weed, and he's like, they're like, did you not know about the Texas laws about fighting? Uh, Nashville, I believe. I thought it was in Nashville. Like, oh, is it? Then they I moved think- it. 
I, as far as I know, I think it's still in Nashville. At one point, uh, someone was asking him. He's like, oh, man, I'm just still smoking and stuff. And they're like, do oh, you not know about the laws here? <laughs> excuse like, me. I got that wrong. Uh, the UFC fight night this weekend is in Nashville because it's fine. it's been traveling uh, around. Yeah, yeah. It was in London, I think, a couple of weeks ago yeah. or whatever. Now it's in Nashville. It's Rob Font versus Sandhagen. Another Colorado dude from Aurora, Corey Sandhagen, the Sandman. Very exciting fight this weekend. Putting people to sleep. Oh, yeah. Starts at four o'clock. Got the sleeps in the eyes and yep. crusties. I don't know corners. how much I'll pay attention to the Nate Diaz fight. Some of those Jake Paul fights are more theatrics than anything. Uh, I did watch uh, the last one against the Tommy uh, Fury. Yeah, just because I was like, he's gonna get knocked out, and I was. Really I was glad yeah. he did. I was really glad Tommy at least beat him. So yeah, you know, that's at we'll least see. the only thing we've got is that he's on a losing streak. So right. All right, man. Well, that wraps it up for UFC 291. We've got Fight Night, Corey Sanhagen, and Robert Rob Font. Font. Rob yep. Font. Fonsa's, Fonsa. So that's going to be another fun one next weekend. We will be talking about that one, not nearly as in-depth as UFC 291, but the next couple UFC events are pretty big ones, man. Yeah, August 19th, we've got a huge one that I can't wait. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling. That's going to be a good one. I think Aljamain might beat him up. Oh, dude, Aljamain's, I think, I think his uh, wrestling is so I think good. Sugar Shane is a little bit of sugar glass, easy to break. <laughs> He's like a twig, dude. He is so skinny. I mean, but his reach is so much. If he can catch Aljo, I mean, you know, I, I'm psyched for that one. I'm a big yeah. fan of both those guys, so... We'll see. All right, man. Well, let's get into the rec center. We need to come up with something for the rec center. I feel like this is going to be I something that I have too. to write a tune yeah. for. That'd be cool. I might just do like an acoustic tune. Take me to the rec center. So, I don't know. Either <laughs> way, um, it's time for the rec center. We're going to do a quick rec center this week because I started listening to something um I heard about it yesterday. I started listening to it today. It's a podcast called Play Callers. You can find it for sure on Spotify. It is hosted by Jordan Rodriguez, and she does an <laughs> excellent job of taking us into a deep dive of the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree and how it started and where it began. I am one episode in. I'm going to look it up right now. Talking man, because- a lot about um, Shanahan and all these guys, Mike McDaniel, uh, uh, fuck Mike Lafleur, right? Mike Lafleur, uh, and then um, who else? And Mike McDaniel, Did Mike McDaniel, said, and yeah, then, uh, Sean, God, McVay. Sean McVay. Fuck, yeah, I can't remember Sean McVay's name. name. Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, uh, Mike Lafleur, and then Kyle Shanahan, and it basically just goes down and talks about how all of these guys came up together. Um, the first episode is called. Um, let me tell you what it's called because I was just listening to it not too long ago. Yeah, I'm going to listen to this tomorrow because um, it sounds really interesting. The first episode is The Kids Are All Right. Oh, it's so, done by The Athletic? Yeah. The oh, Athletic, wow. That yeah. makes sense. That's it like- is insanely in-depth. I'm talking breaking down the hows and whys. And then, unfortunately for you Chiefs fans and anybody else who doesn't like the Broncos, you are going to have to hear about how Mike Shanahan and the Broncos in the mid-90s started the craze that is the West Coast offense and turned it into what it is today. And the majority of these high-scoring offenses are some offshoot of the West Coast offense more often than not. You know where that started from. Not so much It wasn't so much Mike Shanahan. It was Bill Walsh. But Mike Shanahan has a direct descent. 
descendant of the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Well, and Mike Shanahan is the one that basically turned the Bill Walsh system into the ultimate West Coast. You know office. how Sean McVay's tied to that, right? Because <laughs> he came up with um, Kyle Shanahan. Well, that's what helped him get the job. But his granddaddy was the GM of those 49ers teams. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. I do forget that he does have a little bit of. Um, God damn it. Well, and then his dad was heavily involved in football, but I can't remember Nepotism. what his dad did. Oh, yeah. But That's yeah, I mean, works. all of these guys did. Uh, Mike McDaniels, I think, is the only one. I haven't heard too much about uh, LaFleur yet, but McDaniels was just, he was a ball boy for the Broncos when Kyle was there, also like in the beginning yeah. stages. Well, I told you about how, what that UPS guy, that story told me, right? Uh, I think I told him. Oh, you podcast. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how like Kyle Shanahan lived in the pool house of Mike's and then like would throw all these parties and then yeah. just be like, Naked yeah, they talk everywhere. about that, like Kyle Shanahan, like trying to become like a, a a football player, and like realizing when he was trying to be a wide receiver, he's like, "Shit, I'm not good at this." But he's like, "I understand football," and like it, it like, dude, this first one's crazy. Like, uh, I'm just gonna do a quick uh, little synopsis of it. But they're, they're talking about RG3 and stuff a lot, and Kyle Shanahan comes to RG3, and this is like uh, his rookie season. Everything's they started out fucking what like three and six. I think, or something like that. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this team's fucking terrible. We're going to blow it up. Mike Shan's talking about, like, you know, we're going to have to see who really wants to play. And then they win seven straight. And then okay. they go into the playoffs, beating the Cowboys for a play-in game. But at one point during the season, Kyle Shannon comes up to RG3, and he's like, what's a play that you'd like to install? Because they've been running this one play called Drift, which is basically like a slant that's run out of the pistol formation. We kind of talked about this before. Yeah. They realized that they were going to have to, in order to make RG3, you know, competent with all, all the stuff that he can do that they were going to have to run something like an RPO out of the pistol. And, uh, they just, uh, Kyle's just like, Hey, so we've been running this drift thing and they're averaging, I think in, in that first season, uh, they ran it 80 times. Uh, they completed it 60 times for an average of 20 yards. Jesus. This one play. That's so efficient. There was no stopping it. Because out of the pistol, they were saying, like, so normally in the pistol, you'll put the back to one side. Well, the defense knows you can only run the ball to that one side. So now they know if it is a run, it's only going to the right or the left. He's like, but out of the pistol in the NFL, nobody knew what the fuck you were going to do. Because you couldn't, you had no judgment of yeah. where you're going to put the the back. So, and he's like, and I realized, um, cause one thing about Mike Shanahan's offense is they never really use play action in the West coast offense that, that Shanahan used. It was all his boots and, and the, the spread zone running game. Yeah. Um, and Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan realized like, well, we're not even running play action. He's like, so you're missing out on all of the shit yeah. that you could be doing. And then from the pistol, they realize, look, I can run literally every single thing from play action to the zone read run offense out of the pistol and run the entire RPO thing. And he comes up to RG3 and he's like, what's a play that you'd like to install? And RG3 comes up with this play that he ran a bunch. And it was basically like a bunch of options for the wide receivers. And he's like, they ran the first time in practice. It didn't work the way it was, but they hit, he hit the, the wide receiver on time and stride. And Shanahan's like, what the fuck was that? And he's like, I was like, that's the way the place like kind of supposed to work, but it didn't really. And then they end up reinstalling it, reinstalling it, and they start running it and they can't stop it. Nobody can stop it. Yeah. And Shan's like, Kyle Shan's like, do you know why I asked you that? Why I asked you to install this play? 
He's like, no. He's like, because I knew that if you installed this play, you would do everything you could to make it work. Oh, cool. There's nothing that you wouldn't do to not make that play succeed. <laughs> He's like, and I wanted you to see that that's how I feel about every play I install in this <laughs> offense. And RG3 is like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, he's a genius, man. <laughs> but it's I mean, crazy, dude. That's just better, the first fucking episode. What better way to sell it than, like, you know, look at Kyle Shanahan, a guy that took he had four starting quarterbacks for his team last year, and they went to the NFC Championship. Yeah, they put up it's a fight that, against the Eagles. That goes where to Christian show you. McCaffrey was taking snaps it's at quarterback. The system. It's the system. But yeah, yeah, super fucking entertaining, super interesting. And I'm just like one episode in, and this is like the the broad episode, of kind of showing you where the coaching tree comes from, <laughs> and then it's going to branch off into. Uh, sh- God damn it! I forgot his fucking name again. Sean McVeigh. God <laughs> damn it, dude. Sean McVeigh, and then it goes into the floor, then it goes into McDaniel, but it's super interesting. That I would recommend awesome, anybody to listen. Fuck yeah. Especially if you want to like get more in-depth into why offenses work, X's why you're running what you're running, yeah. and for what reasons. But cool. What is yours, man? Well, you threw me off because I didn't know we were doing Rec Center this week, but I'll just throw in a show that we just finished last night. That is superb. Mm, yeah. It's The Bear on Hulu. So you now have watched, um, is it both seasons or just one both season? Both seasons. Oh, it, yeah. The most recent season just came out, and uh, we just finished it. And if that's how we met, working in a restaurant. Yeah. Obviously, this wasn't any type of top-end we Michelin. didn't start out that way in the beginning of the of the series. It was no, just a sandwich shop. But, but that that's, that's why I appreciate it. Too. Is it just shows how chaotic it is to work in a restaurant when it's busy. The lunch rush. We've we've both been there. You know, we worked right across the street from Capitol. We had senators, oh, representatives, dude, governors coming the, in to Tokyo Joe's. That episode in the first season with the fucking ticket printer. Yeah, and it was just going off. Going, going I was going. like, dude, yeah, that how it's getting, it's getting PTSD. Yep. <laughs> and then we installed the uh, app where it's like you would get an app and it would oh, be a scroll. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, dude, it was nuts. And I can I will never uh, forget. Freaking out, man. When I first started at Tokyo Joe's, that's why I love this show. Is you you're such a noob. I remember Kevin Lovato, rest in peace. Yeah. He fucking told me he. This is how much of a noob and. Uh, uh, a greenhorn I was to the restaurant industry. We're sitting there cut, cutting up veggies on my first day, and he's like, "You know, I'm a part owner of Tokyo Joe's." <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, dude! Like, that's cool. Like, you work back uh, here that too." Dude like, did some of the most fucked up shit I've ever he was seen. Very much fucked up, he but he got forward. me, and that was such a good entryway to like what, like the welcome to the NFL moment, where it was like, yeah. clearly he's fucking with me. But I got really good at it, and I got really good at the line, and yeah. just. That we we were an inkling of what it was to like run an actual high end Michelin star restaurant, and not only just that, the character development, each one of these characters, the second season, I can't. Re- I'm looking at it right now on um. Oh, there's IDMB. so many famous it's people rated. I Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis in this second season is yeah. fantastic, dude. Hannah loved it because you know she's a Bob huge Odenkirk, ha- uh, a Halloween fan. Um, the guy that played in Lake Placid, I can't think. He's a he's a bigger guy. I can't think of this guy's name. He's awesome. Uh, the the cast is unreal, and yeah. I mean I'm looking at it on um, IMDb, IMDb. I always fuck that. IMDb. Up. Yeah, ibd, and Ibd-B-B. it has a rating of nine point seven. 
how often does a show have a rating? Yeah, that yeah I'd be interested to see what the rating on is uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but I know it's up there. Everybody loves this show. I've only watched the first season. We've been trying to catch up on all of our fucking shows it's, that we need to yeah, finish. It's tough. But, but uh, yeah, but the bear is rare definitely on there. That we binge a show, but we uh, were like three episodes from finishing it, and last night we were just like, let's keep going. We had we yeah. to keep going. It's that good, man. I mean, it I, is super good. It's excellent. So yeah. check out the bear if if you've ever worked in a restaurant or service industry, yeah, dude, it'll fucking all, give you flashbacks. It is so <laughs> worth watching because it shows the anxiety. It gives you anxiety watching it. Yeah, it does. Like yeah. I said, the uh, episode where they get super busy and the ticket printer is going off yeah. is just fucking you, I the most nerve wracking. the The tension they build, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, that whole scene is a single shot scene. Oh, and cool. that was what was so crazy about it is that it was single shot, um, which is the whole new thing in, in movie making now is to film everything. It's in like one a Christopher shot. Nolan thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, either way it is an insanely good show. I have watched the first season. So if you haven't yet, go check out the bear. Yep. It's and, amazing. Uh, get, get bared up. You know what I mean? And yep. if you don't go watch the bear and you feel like a bear, go find yourself a nice otter to hang out with. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> Chris, Let's hit it hard. Oh, man. Let's do it. It's that time, y'all. We's bouts to hit it hard, man. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. Ain't afraid of nothing. It's a natural fact. I hit it long, man. Till it's gone, man. Keep taking chances. Live at large. I hit it, hit it, hit it hard. That is right y'all john daly hits it hard we hit it hard you see he was in a country music video whiskey hits it hard i did not see that he was in a music video i don't know the guy i just watched his instagram story last night i thought i heard the dogs barking i was wondering what that was about yeah um but yeah he he was like it's this whole thing about waking up on the wrong side of the tailgate (laughs) and like in a, of a truck better basically, but yeah, I saw John Daly was in. It. I was like, dude, he's so fucking rad. I dig it, man. I dig it. John Daly is fucking awesome. He is. I mean, he's the epitome of the show. And I think he would approve of this week's amazing superstar daily dose of excellence. A winner. A Some guy winner. we've been talking about quite a lot, recently. and he deserves it because um, you know, most times for such a notable guy. We don't want to, you know, it's just talked about enough. We don't need to give him more flowers. But this was pretty unprecedented. Yes. This is some Little League type shit. It is, yeah. (laughs) So last week, it was like the day after I think we recorded. It was uh, July 27th, I believe. Um, Shohei Itani throws an MLB shutout. I don't know why I just said it like that. Uh, I'm an idiot. And then homers twice in in the second game. Yeah, so he pitches a complete game shutout in the first game of a doubleheader. Which is unheard of in the MLB, where a pitcher finishes the full nine innings. Yeah, at this point, yeah. It, the only way you're doing it is if you're on a no-hitter or you're com- you're pitching a shutout. And, and they're going to have to let you do it. Yep. Uh, more often than not, they will take you out in like the sixth or seventh inning unless it's you know some sort of unprecedented type stuff. Yep. They did not take Shohei out. He ends up pitching a complete game and then just goes and rakes in the next game 
which is why it's so crazy because when is the last time you've heard of a pitcher pitching in a game and then hitting in the game after that? Yeah, I mean, like Kornheiser brought up on PTI, PTI he could have easily just sat out the second game and been like, okay, I'm going to put some ice on my shoulder, just relax, watch this game. No, that's why we love Otani, and I keep saying it every week. He has helped me fall back in love with baseball. Um, I just watched... Uh, the Braves and Angels the other day. I put a little bit of money on the Braves. I'm like, all right, they're playing the Angels. The Angels got to try to get to the playoffs. This is an exciting game. And sure enough, they beat the Braves. Uh, Otani didn't do a whole lot. He actually got robbed in that game He uh, of getting his 40th home run. And then a Braves outfielder just made a hell of a catch on yeah, the wall. Yeah, right on the wall. It was Son pretty amazing. Bitch. But, um, yeah, it's just every, every time this guy's at bat, it's super exciting. And I believe right now, I don't have the full numbers, but I think he's at 39 home runs. It, it's insane uh, what he's doing right now. But to pitch a full game, a shutout, uh, the Angels won 6-0, and then to go through in the second game and hit two home runs, it's just – it. I don't. I can't stress this enough when people say, oh, since Babe Ruth. No, don't say that. Babe Ruth never did that. Once Babe Ruth started to hit home runs, he stopped pitching. Look yeah, this up. Yeah, that is one thing. He once he was became like a prolific hitter, he wasn't pitching. It was yes. only in the early days that he was exactly. pitching and hitting. Yep. And so what Otani's doing is so unprecedented. This is what nobody else is doing. Um yeah, I I just got to I my hats off to him. They will be getting Mike Trout back. I'd say maybe 3 weeks from now. I really hope the Angels can make a run for it. I'd, I'd love to see him in the playoffs. It would be nice. And we kind of realized that after the trade deadline that the Angels are all in on this season. Yeah. And I think they kind of realize that they have to be because uh, as soon as Otani becomes a free agent, he's gone. Yeah. They can't pay him. So they're going to try and, and do what they can. They did make some moves. Um, I think the Rockies traded a pitcher to him as well as both of those hitters. Um, so and Mike Moustakis. So, yeah, they've got a whole bunch of Rockies over there that were doing a little bit for us, and now they're going to do a lot for them. (laughs) When I was watching that Braves-Angels game, one of those new Rockies hit a home run in that game. Yeah, So So, they've got a good supporting cast, and hats off to him just for not being a prima donna and just uh, playing the regular role as an MLB player and doing way more than what's expected. Yeah, he's one of those guys that it's like if it was – I, I mean, I don't really know the way to put this. Like, I mean, there's guys in the NBA that like are the guys and they act like the guys. And then you have guys like Jokic and then you have guys like Otani and then you have guys like Giannis too. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I Giannis, can say Giannis. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't really talk too much. They don't, they're not brash about it. I yep. guess is the best way to put it. And they just go out and show up and do their work and go home. And, uh, all they do is just piss excellence. Piss excellence. That's Jesus right. Christ. And get piss the daily dose excellence of excellence. And they get the daily dose of excellence on so, behalf hey, of John Daly. Cheers to you, Otani. I'd love to see him live someday. If they ever play the yeah, Rockies, I think that'd be Yeah, the next time they play the Rockies, we might have to take a podcast field trip. That would be awesome, dude. Well, I'm telling you, I'm watching a lot more baseball. Here's to you, my friend. Here's cheers. to you. Cheers to you, Otani. And cheers to you guys for listening yes. and putting up with us through the draft order. Yeah, you, you know the draft order. This is episode 45 of French Fanatics. If you've made it this far, please like and subscribe to us on whatever you're listening or watching us on. And please, please, hey, please rate us five stars. Real quick, we have a phone number now. Oh, I don't, I got to figure out what it is. Hold on. I'll tell you what the phone number is. But Son if you guys, while you look it up, if you guys got any questions, if, um, 
I know even my mom's out there has been sometimes like, hey, I had this question about football well, with these rules. What what happens? If you guys out there are listening, even if it's any of our relatives or whatever yeah. it might be, call you can this call number. Us and leave us a voicemail. If you leave us a voicemail, we'll listen to it on air. Oh, damn and right respond we respond and react to it on air. Even if and you guys got any criticisms, the, I know Gregor's does. He yeah. always does. Yeah, he's always so got something to say. We would love to hear him uh, yapping the away. The Fringe Fanatics phone number is 720 441 5116. Again, that is 720 441 5116. I'm sorry. 720-441-5116. Jesus Christ. Just re just rewind if you need to. Yeah, rewind do that. it. Yeah. <laughs> but call us but up, yeah, guys. Call Ask us, us some questions. You can, yeah, leave us voicemails. You can do whatever the hell you want. Eventually, I would love to have a uh, basically a segment where we have phone calls that are in, come in. Yeah, so. that'd be nice. I, the, the plan was was to already be streaming by now, but I think. Probably next month because Chad's got he'll be gone next week. Yep. And we we want to keep this thing that we got going and get a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, I guess like you know integrated in, yep. and then we will start streaming live, and then you can literally call us while we are recording and talk to us live, and it'll go out to the world. So Damn right, it will. Those are the things that are going to be happening soon, and we appreciate you guys for sticking around. If you haven't yet, please like, share, subscribe, and follow us on all things social media. Chad Lee, I love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. You thanks for listening, guys. It's been awesome, guys. We appreciate you as always. Cheers to you. Next week, episode forty-six of French Fanatics will be coming at you hard and heavy. Cheers, guys. Uh, do something weird for the fucking uh, thumbnail. Uh, yeah, thumbnail. All right. I didn't Thank know you guys. Do. I didn't know which. We'll see you later.